Welcome to Anything Goes, the best geek and pop culture podcast broadcast in Long Island, New York. I'm your host, Timothy Rooney. And I know this is the first episode in a couple of weeks, and I know the releases for my podcast, or at least the newer ones, have been rather sporadic, but I apologize for that, but like, I am a filmmaker for first and foremost, so like working on a big uh, film right now that I'll let you in on while we get closer to shooting and that. But we're not talking about that right now. We're talking about a DC property. But not just any DC property because there's a myriad of characters and storylines we're going to talk about. As you can see from the title, we're talking about Flash Season 2. And like with every podcast, I have guests. But if I'm doing a comic book show, i got to have two very specific guests. And they are with me today. And who are they? Hello, everyone. I'm Justin Cirillo. Back again for the first time since uh, we talked about another comic book show. Daredevil. In April. Daredevil. And it's your boy Chris Maffei back on the the podcast scene once again. And since yeah, probably since Jessica Jones was the last one we did, I think yeah, right. Yeah, three yeah. of us together. Yeah, it was the last haven't, one. Haven't haven't been on a podcast in a while. We should do these more often. Why don't we do these more often? What are we what are we doing here? Yeah. Wait, I, what are I, you doing? I, well, you work. We all work That's, various various hours. This is true. A lot of this is predicated on your schedule. I, I don't want to be that dick. This but. Is, you know what? This is true. My actually my. Pending certain things, my schedule might be changing a little bit soon, so we might have to, you know, get on like a little regular schedule. I'm you know, all ma- for that. Maybe, maybe, maybe do these uh, once a month or twice a month. I'm all for huh? that. Huh? Uh, I'm, re- I'm ready to get back on the scene. Oh, I, I appreciate the enthusiasm, but hold on to that enthusiasm right now because we gotta, we gotta jump into the theme song that you made for us and that I, that all my fans still love. Yes, yes. <laughs> all right, so let's jump into Flash season two. <laughs> But before we jump into that, since we never really did a dedicated episode about Flash, let's talk about the history of Flash on CW right now. Justin, your feelings on Flash when he was introduced on Arrow Season 2? I like the... Well, he had one episode, right? Or a couple. But really, one big one. Yes. Right before uh, the Thanksgiving break in Season 2. Yes. Um, I thought it was good. I thought it... it uh, Ended really strangely, and at first, I didn't know what was going on because mm-hmm. I wasn't aware they were playing uh, a Flash spinoff right. show. Um, but once I looked it up and I saw that they were going to, I was like, "Oh, that episode makes complete sense." And uh, little did we know that it would foreshadow what they would do uh, in this year's season of both Arrow and the Flash, mm-hmm. where they would. Have two episodes building another tie-in show, right? Um, but I, I thought it, it, it definitely worked in our season two, and I think a lot of the reason why it did work out so well is because Flash season one was phenomenal, and we we haven't talked about this, but yeah, your quick thoughts on Flash season one? Um, I mean, it's hard to compare it to 
any of the the first two Arrow seasons, mm-hmm. which I think are as good as uh, as Flash season one. Right. But there was something about Flash season one, and, and I watched it later than everyone else. So I, I just yeah, you le- and I remember like because you would send us texts periodically. Catching up on it, and it's like, why aren't we talking about this? Like, we are in the middle of season two, so I think we should wait till this is yeah. over. And now we're, it's what two months since the season finale. We're yeah, now just getting just around to talking about it, but it was phenomenal. I mean, especially for me, because I'm very much a science fiction type of guy, and the show reminds me kind of like Doctor Who in the sense where it messes with your perception of time. Mm-hmm. Um. I thought season one did a great way of slowly introducing us to that. And by the time I was halfway through the season, I could not stop watching it. Mm -hmm. So for me, I actually started with The Flash season one before I actually watched Arrow. So The Flash was the first thing in this whole universe that I watched. And I think it was like... It was, I don't know if it was the first episode or the first couple episodes of season one where Oliver was on The Flash. Yeah. And I was like, oh, what is this? Because I, like, I kind of knew about Arrow, but I didn't know that they were intertwined. So I was like, oh, I guess I got to watch this. Mm-hmm. So I, so then I started, you know, I caught up Arrow season one and two while I was finishing out The Flash season one. Um, and I loved, I loved those first two seasons of Arrow. But to me, The Flash was just like, like, wow. Like this is, this is so what much. A hole. This, <laughs> I wasn't, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't going for it. But thank you. Um, I was like, wow, yeah, like what? This is this is so much fun. Like I love Arrow, but it, that's kind of a more serious, a little bit more serious tone. But this is just like it. It connects with me on on the same level as like that Back to the Future connects with me. Like yeah. ju- Justin, Justin compared it to Doctor Who for me. Back to the Future is my favorite anything I've ever. Right. So it, but it connects with me in that same type of level. Whereas, like, it's they kind of ha- share a little bit of a similar feel well, and we have certain things, travel. and there's time travel, but there's whole other aspects to it, and there's a whole different science. But it has a lot of the same, the same characteristics that I love about it, and it's just Grant Gustin for me. He's my favorite portrayal of a superhero that I've ever seen. I I love this guy. I love this guy. He is he's 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 sensational. More than he's the heart of the show. More than like Robert Downey Jr.'s Iron Man. Yep. More than Ben Affleck as Batman. Yep. Or yep. More than Christian Bale as Batman. I hockey pads. Listen, I, I I love all these other guys. I love them all, but like I emotionally invest in Grant Gustin as the Flash in a way that I don't in anyone else as anyone else gotcha like not to say that i don't get invested in other characters because i very much do otherwise i wouldn't be watching these movies of course not but with grant it's like i don't like it's like it's like he's he's my friend it's like like no like warmth and it's like he's he's so welcoming yeah it's it's I'm, i'm gonna make an obscure wrestling reference but for anybody who's familiar with new japan he's the tomoaki hanma of of superheroes. He's just like you you live and die by everything that happens to this guy, at least for me. I love I love the show. I this, uh, if you couldn't tell, it's my favorite superhero show by far including the Marvel Netflix stuff. It's my favorite. 
And I think I have to agree with you in that. And I really enjoyed the Daredevil seasons and with um, Jessica Jones. And it's interesting. Like my friend, I was talking to a friend of mine about the Flash TV show today at work. I was like, what are your plans for tonight? And I brought up this podcast. And I said, like, oh, yeah, we're talking about Flash and stuff like that. He's like, yeah, I tried it. It seemed a little too hokey for me or, like, a little silly. And I'm like, you think of, like, Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man. And it's very somewhat in the same tone that it's, it has the levity, but it's still respectful to what the source material is. You know, that's actually a really good comparison for me because when I first started watching, I was like, I'm getting a total Spider-Man vibe from, from this, like, early on in season one. Right. Especially kind of like the Iris relationship as compared to, you know, like a Mary Jane type. I was like, wow, this is kind of cool. But, like, I even – I like this even better than that because – I don't know. There's there's just something different about. There's it. more material there. I mean, that like I've I've said for the longest time that t- comic books comic books should be in TV form because a you have to tell more stories and it's more in line than a weekly show than it is with a monthly uh, ongoing story, a bi monthly show, a bi monthly publication rather than every two years you get two and a half hours worth of content and and sometimes that content is dedicated to setting up more movies, but. That's not it. That's neither here or there. We're not here to discuss that right now. And when it comes, and I loved Barry. Uh, yes, Justin. Yeah, we don't want to set up a civil war here. Uh, uh, moving on. First impressions of Barry, uh, and like, I think they did a better job introducing Barry on Flash than they did on Arrow because it seemed like he was a little like Grant was 100% sure of where he wanted to go with, or at least maybe the writing was in Arrow because. Even on Arrow, he was very sure of himself at that point. He was very sure in his abilities as a crime scene investigator. However, you open up with Flash Season 1, and he's run, and he's, it, I understand where you're coming from, Back to the Future. He's running late to something that he is consistently today for. Like, like, damn, I'm late for school. And he, <laughs> I, 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 I kind of want to put the power of love to that like, opening montage of Grant running to the first crime scene now in the first episode of Flash. Damn, I may actually end up putting on the first season of Flash right now when I go when we're done podcasting rather than watching Batman v Superman. Now, anyway, love the first season and it just builds and builds and builds and so much so that season finale of Flash is in my top five favorite TV moments. And spoilers if you if you if you listen you listen to a review of Flash season two, you know what happens in Flash yeah. season one. If you're not, stop right now. Watch Flash season one. Come well, back. Well, actually, I was planning on watching season one after season two, so technically you can't spoil anything for me right now. Just being really contrite for the sake of it. Well, uh, well actually, <laughs> and the what was it like? Something like I mentioned on my pod the podcast before. Like I lost my mother rather suddenly two years ago. And it, like, didn't have a chance to, like, really, like, grieve in a proper way or anything like that. Or didn't have a chance to say goodbye. The opportunity for Barry to say goodbye to his mother and say, and send her off in a really great way. I mean, tears were flowing at that point. And then comes back, saves, and Eddie sacrifices himself for the greater good. The greater good. The greater sky, as some people would also (laughs) say. That's another... He did it for Mark Burkhalter. And then... The last image, him running up a goddamn building to stop a cataclysm that's going on in there, and just and that last, and you know it's a big CGI shot, but him running towards camera, being the final image, it was left me in such emotional, like, wow moment that you kind of like, I have to wait months now for it's kind of like when, 
Matt Smith left Doctor Who, and you're like, it's such an emotional high, and it creates such a moment with Peter Capaldi coming in. You're like, I, it's Christmas, and I have to wait till August until my next episode of Doctor Who. Like, you have that moment, like, I gotta wait months to see it get that feeling now it's like the end of back to the future 2 where you're like oh, you gotta wait on all a year for this we're just gonna make all back to the future comparisons throughout the whole it's gonna be at least the the last episode of season one of the flash was better than matt smith's last episode yes yeah, so, i mean this pl- made sense. <laughs> there's, there's a lot of problems that we will get we'll get there eventually so season one of flash loved it but since we, we've done episodes about Arrow in the past and Arrow Season 4 has just come to an end, we're going to briefly talk about that before oh, we get... to a screeching halt. <laughs> screeching halt is ended. too trained and head-on collision. Like, that's how it, screeching I halt. honestly thought it ended in March because I paid no attention to it until I said, huh, crap, I, I really have to actually watch Season 4, the final five episodes, and waste, you know, five hours on this. It was more like a chore. Arrow season four really ended when Laurel died yeah. for me. Because at that point, it's just like, all right, whatever. Again, for the second season in a row, the best, the, this, this moment that should have ended the season didn't. And it was it, the mid-season finale, right? Yeah, last year, it should, last year was the mid-season. This one was in March when they killed off uh, Laurel. Right. And both the times... If you could just make a complete season, if you, you know, actually write, you know, episodes, episodic material in the right formula, if you ended season three the way it did, you end season four the way it did, it would have been brilliant. Yeah, like killing off Oliver and him falling off the mountain in Anaparbat, and like, they had to wait months until you see if he lived or not, you're like, what's going to happen? Yeah, instead of them driving off into the sunset, like... It's like it's the end of Last Action Hero or something. And, like, and the the worst thing about that was there was no explanation for how he survived it, other than, "Oh, you're the one." <gasps> the prophecy told me so. Yeah. So, is there, <laughs> yeah, flipping just, up. Justin's giving the middle finger to the, to the microphone. microphone. Unfortunately, my middle finger can't speak, but it's saying everything. He's he's sending his middle finger to Audio Technica, who will then forward it to Wendy Miracle, head writer of. <laughs> Arrow. So Arrow, like, it was a chore to, like, I caught up with Arrow Season 4 when we had a goddamn blizzard, and I had nothing else to do, and I, I caught up with that, and I'm like, what can I watch now? Constantine, and I ended up watching most of Constantine, I enjoyed that much more than Arrow Season 4, the one season they had. Oh, I'm sure anyone would. And, and it's not, nothing against any of the actors involved, or like, any of the crew members, because they still put on, it's still a fantastic looking show, I think... More John Barrowman in my life is makes me a happier person. He can do no wrong. Even as Malcolm Merlin, and they write him in such terrible... Like, like I love the fact that you compared him to Eric Bischoff at one point. I'm like, Jesus Christ, he, he is! He's the Eric Bischoff of superheroes! Except he didn't marry, uh, try to marry two men and then, as an old woman, <laughs> then revealed himself. Well, um, you know what? If John Barrowman had his way, I'm sure that would be... That, that is true. That would be something not too far <laughs> off. From no, me. and you know what? They, they've actually done a tie-in comic book with the Dark Archer. Yeah, I've heard about that. And I'm like, I'm waiting for it. They, have, they, they did a digital release over there. I'm waiting for it. They actually put it in like a trade paperback because I'm probably going to pick that up because I'll probably end up enjoying Arrow Season 4. I hope Arrow Season 5 is better. We said that about last year, about this season. So I hope either it's better or it's the last one. Well, to Justin's point about 
what should have been the season finale. That's also very true because all indications are that Arrow Season 5 at least starts off with a lot of reflection about the legacy of Team Arrow and Black Canary in, in particular. And you, you figure that's like, you know, and they're, and they're going to be introducing um, that girl, Evelyn, mm-hmm. as I, I forgot what her, oh. what is her, what is the, what what is her name? I'm completely blanking because we're doing a podcast now. Yeah, of course. But, um, but going to be introducing her to Team Arrow and just like, I don't know, I feel like, I don't know, it's. Our, the end of season four is just a blur of me hating it. So get rid of the flashbacks. They're they're just a, a hindrance. Well, now he's point. now he's got to go to Russia and uh, probably meet up with Lana and Rusev. Yeah. Um. I think my major problem with season four of Arrow is twofold. One, killing off Laurel. When they did it, just... The Lances can't stay alive, apparently, except for the one you think would die earliest. Well, the Captain one that's Lance. died three times, and she's still... Is she still alive on Legends? I'm assuming. Okay. Okay. Uh, she's like she's the... She's got it. She's, yeah. she's the only good part, part of the show. Yeah. yeah. It just reminds me of, like, Batman Returns, like, <laughs> you kill me, Batman kill me, Penguin kill me, six lives, five lives, six lives, do you have enough in there to finish me off? One way to find out, and just start plugging her with more bullets. And here, here's... Here's the main thing I disliked about Arrow this season. The first three seasons of Arrow were pretty formulaic. The first half is pretty much just um, building up the protagonists and the characters, introducing any new main characters that they have to, mm-hmm. while pushing along you know, the, the flashback story and setting all that up and then they slowly introduce you to the main villain and then who, who was more funny than he was threatening again true and then he looked like Jim Gaffigan the comedian <laughs> and then in the second half of the season it's pretty much alright here's the villain this is his plan here's how we're going to stop him and it would just be you know here's my army here's your army let's fight it out or you know something to that effect. This season, right away, we're introduced to Damien Dark. And so instead of just having, you know, about 10 or so episodes where we're like, okay, what's what, what's he going to do next this week? It became a week in, week out thing where they would come really close to catching him. And then, nope, no, nope, nope, not this time. No, 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 not, not today. today. Right. It's to come in with some mode, uh, Team Arrow. And I, I really... That's the season I want. I didn't mind. Oh God, <laughs> I didn't mind Damian Dark at all. I thought, I thought um, when he was at his most powerful, when he you know had um, the the was it a ring was his totem, yes, or a gauntlet or something like that, and he he was really unstoppable. I was like, this is a pretty good villain, and he was funny enough, and he got to laugh, and he was like. Sort of like a more chaotic version of John Barrowman. Yes. Um, but I think the fact that we were with him for so long throughout the season, he was there too much. And at halfway through the season, it was just like, okay, just fucking catch him at this point. You just, Which is you all just, the legends of tomorrow. Yeah. But even that, that was what? 
13 episodes or 10? Or... It, it felt like 70. <laughs> it felt like 7,000, actually. Vandal Savage cannot beat them. You know, I th- well, you know, we're doing a Flash podcast. I think I'll just end my arrow thoughts here and we can move on with... I've been holding a piece of styrofoam since I got to Tim's house and kind of waving it around and doing different things with it. And I've been more entertained by this piece of styrofoam than I was with Arrow Season 4. So I think that, that puts a nice little button on my, on my thoughts for, for Arrow Season 4. One really important uh, Arrow Season 4 thing that does tie in to Flash, uh, however, is probably what I thought was the best episode of Arrow, and that was the one where Barry erases the entire <laughs> episode. I mean, if, if only he could have done that with this entire season. And then Oliver got in trouble with Felicity for somehow because of that. Oh, it, because what else is what else is new? It was Chris and I were discussing uh, a a Japan a New Japan match with Nakamura. It was AJ Styles. Oh yeah, yeah. How, January guru, to, how could I forget uh, that? January tenth, twenty sixteen. That was the match I watched before January fourth. January fourth. Wrestle Kingdom. Wrestle Kingdom. Wrestle Kingdom ten. Great match. Hell of a match, and that's when I was like, I'm like, I don't know why. I was like, why the hell? Am I? I'm like, somebody current with the WWE, like that, blanking on me. But fantastic match. Sorry, everybody, we had a moment there. Yeah, my final thoughts on Sarah season four. Let's hope better for season five because Ninja Turtles didn't do that well. So I guess like Stephen Amell's not racing off to do another big movie. And I don't know if like he's gonna go to bigger, better things right now. I play Michael Bay. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, we are going to have Cody Rhodes on Arrow Season 5, so that's going to be a big thrill as I roll my eyes. He is? Yeah. There's... He's going to be someone on Arrow Season 5. As Stardust. <laughs> as, as the, the I, persona of I, Stardust as a villain. Cody, Cody Rhodes, much like Arrow Season 4, Cody Rhodes does nothing for me, except occasionally make me really contemplate why I'm watching something. So, now, You don't even like him as a performer? I, he does nothing for me. That's fair. Does All nothing right. for me. He's the he's he's he is the blank creator wrestler template. Explain. When you create a wrestler, yes. The before you do anything, the blank default oh, guy, that's Cody Rhodes. And then he turned into Stardust and then he was just a dollar store version of Goldust. Yes. Anyway, moving on. Flash season 2. All right. Yes, yeah, so we're on to the things good things we like. Yes. Who would like to do the synopsis of our, uh, Flash Season 2? I almost said Arrow Season 2. I'm like, ah! Can we talk about Arrow Season 2? And <laughs> well, we could eventually, because that was a bunch of... Walter Steele, a bunch of... And Deathstroke, when he was a, a powerful thing to be reckoned with. Oh, fuck. Walter Steele. <laughs> Dr. Moon. Oh, jeez. Oh, <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Flash Season 2. Flash Season 2, and... Yeah, for me, it's kind of jumbled a little bit with season one. We were talking about this because... earlier because I finished, I marathon season one in November. And so I went right into that, into season two. So basically, it, it's it's all the same uh, for me. But this season... I could hear that, yes. <laughs> I just hear like... <laughs> Chris is like playing with a mic stand with the pizza star. And I'm just like watching that. Like, let's see, like, how, 
like how good of a broadcaster Jeff is. Let's see if how long he can deal with Chris messing with his mic stand there. Sorry. I beg your pardon? Don't mind. Uh, keep Continue. Okay. <laughs> Go on with the chlorophyll. <laughs> Better than chlorophyll, I guess. Oh. Um, <laughs> so at the end of season one, Barry uh, says goodbye to his mother, stops the reverse flash, but accidentally opens up a, um, we'll call it a portal. Por- portal? Yeah. Wormhole. 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 Black hole. What a hole! Another, another wormhole. <laughs> no, Matthew McConaughey did not come out of this one. Instead, <laughs> a bunch of metahumans did from Earth Two, which is like almost like like the Art Deco version of Earth. <laughs> and I'm just like, I'm like is Batman the animated series in live it's, form going on here? It's it's not it's not the you know that really bad science fiction TV show from the 1990s. Earth 2. It's like oh, another God. version. I, th- I remember that. That's on like Netflix or something. I remember watching it. I was like five. <laughs> but yeah. Whoa. Um, but no, it's like, as you can expect, an alternate universe version of Earth. Complete with its own Flash, its own Harrison Wells, its own everything. Complete with... Uh vertical television screens did you know i love that little detail that all the screens instead of being the widescreen you know they're horizontally they're all i love that that's difference. nice little attention i were, love that were there zeppelins I, you know what i don't remember as i know because i know there were monorails the, I, I see i want monorails here now monorails should be in my life Go to Japan. You can ride the monorail. Oh, I, listen, you, you don't have to give me any extra incentive to go, go to, to Japan, Japan, buddy. Yeah, regardless. You need, you need the Hyperloop. The Hyperloop? The Hyperloop. You haven't heard of the Hyperloop? Uh, well, say it on mic so I can hear it. it, it the Hyperloop? What is that? It's, it's uh, Elon Musk is designing like a super fast, um, I want to call it a mnemonic train uh, system. Okay. That's supposed to take you from coast to coast in like a couple of hours so while you're a barista at like starbucks not jitters as hawk girl would hey two weeks ago <laughs> i was just a barista <laughs> i was like are you reading science weekly yeah. while you're on break or something like that no, like i follow i i like i i follow the i fucking love science page all right all right I'll, gi- I'll give you that that's basically a science weekly and, like and then and then he tries he teams up with dane cook to try to kill a an immortal psychopath <sighs> and and Arthur Darville's there too. Yes, you know for fun. And then while these portals ha- open up, we we introduce to the big bad Professor Zoom, which is kind of like the Reverse Flash of Earth Two, voiced by Tony Todd. But we don't know his true identity. Um, but it looks like Chris wants to say something. I need your speed. <laughs> and, and Tony Todd, who voiced Candyman in the Candyman movies, I'm just like. I always kind of want to see a meme degenerate, like somebody standing in front of their mirror at midnight. Zoom, 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 and see a professor. Zoom pops up behind him like Candyman does. Barry Allen, <laughs> I need your speed. I actually think that was my least favorite part of this season. Was what? The, the Zoom voice. Really? What? Yeah. We'll get to that later on, but we're introduced <laughs> to Jay, a person by the name of Jay Garrick, who's like, I need you to help get my speed back so we can stop zoom etc etc we meet harrison wells from earth 2 played once again by tom cavanaugh and it builds and builds until we find out that the jay garrett that we know is not really 
Jay Garrick, but actually Professor Zoom Hunter Zolomon in disguise. Barry stops Professor, Professor Zoom. Actually, the time demons do, but that's beside the point. And then he's like, you know what? I've given up way too much being a hero. I want to be selfish just a little bit. So I go back in time to the season one finale again, and I stop Earbrothon and save my mother. And like, no! You know, we're going to discuss our thoughts on that. But I just wanted to make another Back to the Future comparison. Yes. Going back to the scene of that, you know, the Allen house where, where Nora's murdered, that's like the clock tower scene being shown in all three Back to the Futures. Like, you just keep coming back, back to, to that. Back to it, yes. But every time you come back to it, it's, something it's like a, there, something a little different. A little, a little different. Ri- I love that. Do you know what this means? It means this damn thing they doesn't work, work at all! all. I'm just like, oh, is he going to go for it? He has to. So, since all these shows are, well, at least Flash is filled with interesting characters, let's start with the titular character, Barry Allen, The Flash. Your feelings on Barry Allen and Flash Season 2. I mean, I've already written my love letter to him earlier in the podcast. But, I mean, you know, Grant Gustin just does such a tremendous job just making you care about this Barry Allen. Mm. You know, I, I'd never read a Flash comic before. No exposure to the Flash before watching this show. He is now my favorite portrayal of a character. Batman is still my favorite superhero technically because he's kind of just grandfathered in from my childhood. And it's one yes. of those things where I could, I could, no, nothing could ever dethrone Batman as mm. the favorite. But the Flash is right there. You know, yes. he is, he's, he's right there with it. Um, just, Everything about Barry, even when he's dumb, like you forgive him for being dumb. When he's really smart and courageous, you like, you, like, you get all fired up. You know, I get fired up and I start pacing around during the commercial break. It's just like I jump through the ceiling sometimes when, when like they have these big, big, big moments where where he's, you know, whether he's de- defeating a, a a villain or whether he's traveling through wormholes or he's erasing an entire show like it's just like this stuff is so cool and this is the perfect guy to do it because if it was just some one of the random schmucks from Legends of Tomorrow doing all this stuff it wouldn't be anywhere near as cool but it's just I there is like this intangible quality that Barry Allen on this show has and that the, he has he has so much great support on the show and I'm gonna get into who I think is the MVP of the show because I think I know who Surprisingly, it is. I, yeah, I, I don't – as much as I love Barry and then I think if you – if he ever were to die in the show and Wally were to take over as the main – you know, as the Flash, some people have said, oh, well, they can do that. Maybe maybe season four. Maybe they kill off Barry. No, no, no. For me, the show dies. Barry's the heart of the, of the show. He's the heart and soul of this show. You take him off this show, then you might as well just call it something different because – this show is just so, so well built around him and making you care about him. It's tough to follow that up. Yeah, I mean, it's quite descriptive and such. Because he, he just does have, like, this uh, on-screen presence that, you know, if this person were actually, you know, a real, quote-unquote, real thing, you know, you could see a lot of people... Just like, yeah, we got your back. Mm. And you could sort of see how 
everyone on uh, Team Flash completely supports Barry. Mm. And he's like the the perfect leader, even more so than Oliver Queen and the Flash, because there are, there are moments on the Flash where you go, what what the hell are you doing, Oliver? Mm-hmm. And like in the Flash, as Chris said, when he when Barry does make mistakes, they're usually for quote the right reasons, mm-hmm. like trying to save his mother, or um, going back in time and erasing everything. Mm-hmm. They're mistakes, but they're for. The greater good. The greater good. Um, and I, I definitely think if you had another actor who lacked that charisma or lacked that confidence, that the show would just not... It, 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 it might still work. It just wouldn't work as smoothly as it does now. I do... I want to tack on to that. There's something to, you know, Oliver Queen, you know, he's he's a pretty jacked guy. He's an in-shape guy. He's not the biggest guy, certainly not the biggest guy, but he's like, you know. He's pro- fit. He's, and he's, he's bigger than you, and he looks like he can handle himself. You know, Grant Gustin, he's this mic stand right here. Yeah, he's you know? incredibly slender. And he's an underdog. He's a natural underdog. And you just, you you buy in, you live and die by, you know, every action. You know, when when he's winning, you're winning. When he's losing, you're losing. You know, when he's hurt, you're hurt. And you have hope for him. Mm-hmm. There's so much hope on this show. That's, that's the thing that sets, sets it apart from other things like Daredevil, very high-quality show, you know, Arrow. Things that are, are, you know, really dark and hope doesn't really exist a, a whole lot on those shows. This show, it's fun. There's real threats, real consequences, but there's always this hope and this light and this... I, I, just, I, don't, I don't know what – there's a whole – just a glow about this show that separates it from the others. And I think I know what that is because I follow Kevin Smith on his podcast and he directed an episode. He directed the Runaway Dinosaur episode. So he talked about doing the pre-production meetings on certain episodes and then when he came back at the finished shooting his episode, he talked about there's three qualities in every Flash episode that every script must adhere to, heart, humor, and spectacle. And I think it's those three qualities in that, that – that's a, that's a good balance, there. and I think that's why I think we all gravitate to the show so well, so much is because of those qualities in each episode, and I think Grant personifies all three of those qualities at different moments of the show, because like the heart of like when he's going out on a date and he and he's messing up because he can deal with <laughs> giant monsters and things that get run for the fast and the speed of sound yet talking to another normal, normal human being that he has an attraction to and he's stumbling over like that's a foible that most people still deal with and you're like oh yeah and you're like totally uh, relatable and then moments when he's fighting a giant shark that it's walking on two feet you're just like i don't know how i deal with that but barry says and he doesn't me. know either like he's always so overwhelmed by everything by the villains by the situations by the decisions by the consequences yet like his own power and and you, you like you feel that for him that but that could easily go just like oh Jesus Christ just run really fast just like that <laughs> hit him with something really heavy then never seems like shooter yeah exactly <laughs> if you like he's in crisis but never to the point of an annoyance what should I do yeah exactly and one moment like there's two moments 
when he's using his power in the first season that really gravitated me. He's like, when he is fighting one of Iris's evil exes, and he's like, oh, I have to hit him at such a speed to get through his metahuman skin. So he runs a mile away and has to oh, run that, that in, was so awesome. And then to crack his the hide of the person to knock him out and stuff like that. That was such a great buildup. And another moment is when he's stopping a tidal wave from hitting the city. And he runs around the perimeter of the city over and over, and it cuts that wide shot of the city. You just see the streak just going all around, like perfect. But that's also what initially sends him back in time and ruins a few things. Oh, good. Well, what were um, just quickly? What were those three? Those three principles that Kevin Smith heart, humor, and spectacle. That's oh, that's so. Pr- that's like sums it up. Yeah, I, think like, it's right, like, I think it's like on the board like in the writer's room like that's i love that that's why this show works, works the way it does as opposed to i guess the three principles of arrow which would be felicity secrets and felicity <laughs> touching on what chris said about about barry and and not being like oliver who's big and strong and i want to say prefers a fight to as to as opposed to like outwitting mm-hmm. um you know a a, a criminal the Despite thing, the fact he he says like Barry, you need to know strategy. You can't just run in there with your fist all the time. Well, I think I think what Oliver means by that is like, all right, how do I go about you know stopping this person? And mm-hmm. on Arrow, when they discuss strategy, it's more like, okay, um, Speedy, you go there, uh, Diggle, you go here. I'll do this, mm-hmm. as opposed to in Arrow, the solution. To the show is have Wells, have Cisco, um, have Caitlin think of a scientific way to stop the villain. And it really teaches yeah. you there's more way, there's more than just punching someone or shooting someone with a bow or an arrow or a gun to solve your problems. And that's, that's why it sort of reminds me a little bit of Doctor Who. And that it's that violence isn't really always the way. Yes, Barry does have this power that he uses, but it's mostly just to go faster than the other guy. And you really can't stop speed. Yeah. Uh, as the old baseball as goes, speed never sleeps. So when, when you're able to do this and you have, you know, a really, you know, scientifically advanced strategy to stop something, it, it really gets you thinking outside of the box. As in terms of, I have a problem, how do I solve it? Mm-hmm. That's a great point. They beat the villain in Star Labs. It's just up to Barry to go out yeah. and put it Execute into action. It. Yeah. Sometimes they go out there too, which is also very special whenever they do that. Of course. Whatever Har- Harry puts on his little hat, <laughs> it goes out there with a big gigantic gun. Yes, it, it, I mean, uh, I feel like that if... They do a Harrison Wells season two like action figure that better be in the package with it. <laughs> Gotta have the optional hat. I, and uh, I'm gonna go to my comic book store and see like, do they have a Harrison Wells action figure just to see because they would have it there. So, and Barry Allen's like consistent throughout this, and see him become more comfortable with his powers in the second season, as well. Of, of course, this is his second year being a superhero. Of course, like there's new things to be discovering. Like. Learning how to throw lightning bolts and stuff like that. And, and, and also, like, going back to season one, my favorite moments of season one is when Thawne Wells tells him how to phase through things. When he's got the trickster's bomb attached to his wrist and then just that speech of, like, have the confidence. You're going to run through, you're going to atomize through a 
truck to save yourself. Truck! truck! And I love those moments where he's like, all right, I hope I can do this. I hope I can go fast enough. And continually to push himself to, in order to better himself when it comes to the supervillain. So, Barry Allen, love them in this season. Keep going. And we'll we'll talk about his last decision at the very end of the podcast when we come to that. All right, let's talk about Iris in this season. Your feelings on Iris in this season? Uh, you know, I I really don't remember how I felt about her throughout season one. You were not you were not pleasant towards her. I know. Okay, all right. So maybe maybe all right, all right. So I can see me not being as much of a fan throughout season one. She's been awesome. In season two, she was she was great. They found the perfect role for her. They found the perfect little niche. It actually kind of feels a little bit like what they did with Karen Page in um in Daredevil season two. Yeah, she kind of she kind of um took over for uh what's his face? Froggy. No. No, the um oh. the, the the journalist. Why do I always forget his name? I on podcasts I forget this name this guy's name. All the time. Anyway, I'm talking on. about her. Um, but yeah, kind of, kind of, kind of that that kind of role where she's now like the eyes and ears, and you know she's she's putting out these stories and she's kind of trying to influence public opinion about the Flash whenever there's you know something goes awry and and the public gets the wrong idea about you know is the Flash malicious? What is going on here? Um, but she's also been so valuable, such a valuable member ben of the Yerk. team. Ben Yurick. That's I always forget that man's name. It was Ben something. I was like Ben Grimm. Like no, that's that's the thing from the Fantastic Four. Like, <laughs> you, you know why I forget his name? It was because um, the guys I used to podcast with. <laughs> do you, I don't know if you remember this, but Joe uh, he said that Ben Yurick reminded him of a chocolate muffin. Yes. <laughs> so now uh, when I think of him, I just think of a chocolate muffin. I forget his name. Like he said, like when you were just about to say that, I'm like. It's a chocolate muffin. The, isn't it? <laughs> it's the chocolate muffin, but I didn't want to say that without actually referencing what that's from. So yeah. thanks, thank you, Joe. Um, but yeah, she, her becoming a part of the team is kind of. Uh, it, 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 I liken it to how Laurel became part of Team Arrow, and suddenly she's awesome. Yes, and like she's great, and she's a valuable member of of the team. And why would you ever, why would you ever kill her off? Yeah. Why would you do – you wouldn't do something like that she's a valuable member of the team and she's, she's a likable – Somebody's not bitter. And she's a strong female character. Without needing to be stated. With, without, need, without needing to be beaten over the head with it. With a styrofoam. Or, or needing to stand up from a wheelchair after being paralyzed. But that's neither here nor there. Um, Iris is – she's like – she's essential. And yes. you want to see – like, listen. We're going to get to Patty. First half of the season, I was like, oh, you know, you know, we can forget about Iris for a little while. Let's let's focus on this on this Patty here. Let's, you know, let's let's see this thing happen. Between, and that between turned them. mayonnaise, and I was like, ah, oh, we got to move on. But but by 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 the end of the season, it's like, no 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 no, let's go forward with this West Allen thing. This is what it is. This is how it's supposed it's to be. Supposed to and be. you'll want it, and they earned it. And everything that happens from here on out is going to be very earned because now they just undid a bunch of stuff. Uh, but it's. It- Friends over. Oh, we'll, we'll, we'll get to the finale. We'll get to the finale. That's that's gonna be irksome. Yes, Justin. What? Good, your feelings on Iris? Oh, good night, Justin. <laughs> no, I'm still pissed off. You beat me to the Patty mayonnaise. Joke. Sorry, you son of a ginger. Yes. 
Just because I'm not allowed in certain uh, bars in uh, hey. Patchog because of what I was wearing. It's not. We gotta, we gotta get Tim out of the game. It's yeah, apparently so. Hey, it's it's not it's not our fault. You were wearing a red hair last night. Like like that's why I tweeted about that. Like I tweeted about like there's some red I cannot take off. <laughs> Like I, like I, I always wanted to be really shitty and call up the whatever publication newspaper in Patrick. Be like, I was denied entry because I was a ginger. You know, did did, any, did either of you used to watch that show Professor Iris when you yeah. were a kid? Oh man! So you, you got to go on YouTube, look up Professor Iris because whenever I hear the name Iris, you I think, think of, of I think of this show. So just a little little fun tidbit. Professor gotcha. Iris. It was a very entertaining show. It had like puppets and stuff. It was very musical. I think there was a big dragon. Well, I oh wait, know. no, that was that was Eureka's that Castle. Was Eureka's <laughs> Pro- <laughs> Professor Iris was similar to. You think of uh, Professor Iris was very similar to Eureka's Castle, With, but without a dragon. Or <laughs> I'm pretty sure someone played the piano or the organ. Uh, I gotta, I gotta look this. I gotta make a note. I gotta look this up when I go home. Okay. Usually, I I, I just think of the Goo Goo Dolls. Song, Iris, one of the most depressing songs in the world. I re-listened to that recently, and I'm like, God, this is such a melodramatic song. Yeah, it's not their best effort. No, and biggest hit, surprisingly. Go for it. I end up buying that. I end up buying it recently, but I kind of regret the 99 cents. But go on, your feelings on Iris. Dumb bet the Goo Goo Dolls. What? A, all right, we are really off track right now. <laughs> the Goo Goo Dolls. It's so stupid. Oh, go ahead, Justin. Let's fly back the conversation. Um, yes, that was a pun. Yeah, yeah. I know. <laughs> um, no, Iris, great character this season. Um, Bag that beautiful city untouched. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! Oh. That's a handgun. <laughs> oh, anyway. anyway. Our, it's not like we're avoiding talking about ours. Like, we, we're just terrible people. Of course. Terrible <laughs> thoughts. Hey, no, I put her over. Let's <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's be clear. The terrible people. The terrible people. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'll stop interrupting. I promise. <laughs> Christ. <laughs> um, no, um... I think she had a really, a really, a really good character arc. It would have been very easy if, like, you know, immediately after um, season one, where um, what's the her boy Eddie oh, Eddie Eddie, Eddie Don after he dies it would have been very easy to like start building up towards the uh the iris barry thing Mm -hmm. and instead they went away from that they introduced new people for each character for iris and for barry yeah uh, to see and and date and mingle with and um mingle mingle. yes and not just the christians either I don't know why I laughed. <laughs> I'm not laughing. Why? Why did you laugh? I, I just said I don't know. Like you make. Never mind. Mr. Hiller, do you find yourself humorous? <laughs> I did. It was a time I found myself funny, but today you've proven me wrong. Salva May. All right. 
Wrap it up. You're a great impression of a hot dog. <laughs> or something else. Oh. <laughs> um, no. Iris. It would have been very easy to just, you know, go right into that. Mm. Instead, she just sort of slides into that uh, role where she's just a part of the team helping Barry. Kind of like what Felicity was in season two of Arrow back before she had her character erased or something. Back before Tumblr had a... Yeah. Back before Tumblr had, a, had stock in the show. Damn you, Tumblr. Um, I shot a Felicity smoke because she made a mistake. Now it's time to erase that mistake. Ah, oh, Ripple Cop. Yeah, so... Excellent character this season. And the way she slowly, um, I guess, I'll call it false for Barry. Mm-hmm. Um, organically, too. Organically. Yes. yes, they totally are. It's not just, yeah, you know, and and even Oliver and Felicity, in the end of at season two, it just like really suddenly became like a thing. But like at least they, that one seemed a little believable because like I understand the attachment he has for Felicity. They right. never very explicit about it. Right. It just one it became explicit. It became intolerable. Yes. This one. Like most relationships. Um. Yes. This one just like gelled really nicely and by the time the uh, the end of the season when Barry attempts to uh, regain his speed by speed. Inc- incinerating uh, himself <laughs> you know you, you get you realize you, it's believable by that point that she really does care for him mm-hmm. and I thought it was very very um, ambitious by the writers for to have Barry as soon as he finds out that Iris has fallen for him that he just decides to rewrite everything. Put her in the friend zone and rewrite history. Yeah. That's like the ultimate like for for all the guys who have been friend zone all throughout, you know. Yeah, it really is. He, he Barry did like the ultimate power move right there. He's like, oh well, you know, yeah. Oh, you like me now? You see me that way now? Well, guess what? I'm gonna go erase time. Guess what? <laughs> so I'll be right back. Guess what? But actually, I won't. You yeah, <laughs> you can't see me, Marshall. <laughs> I'll quickly sum up my feelings, Iris. Love what they she did with they did with her this season. I wanted to be part of. Team Flash from now on. Hopefully they keep this consistency up for season three. You know, to the point of them earning it, they really, like, they, there were a couple times when you thought it would have been obvious, like the beginning of the season, then when Barry broke up with Patty, but then they threw in her boss. Yes. At the paper. Her exceptionally well-dressed, out of a J. Crew catalog boss. Yes. They threw him in for a little while, and nothing ever happened really with him, but they just, uh, and it was another thing it was to make you be, yeah. to, to be like, ah. Oh, what are they going to do? Ah, what is this guy? What is this doing? Ask him out for coffee. What is this? Why are, are you dating your boss? What are you doing, Iris? No. You're supposed to get Barry. What are you doing, Iris? And then it, and then it happens. That's the sound that Barry makes when he goes through time. <laughs> That's the space-time continuum. Uh, anyway, moving on. Uh, Caitlin slash... Whatever happened to that boss guy? Did, um, did, 
He didn't die, but... No, I didn't. He went back into the catalog. Did she just, like, stop seeing it? Wasn't the, like... It was, it was, it was Labor Day. He, he couldn't let him wear white anymore, so... Wasn't he, like, just seeing her so, like, he could get better stories out of her or something? It was something really... Yeah. Lame yeah, like that. Yeah, it wasn't what you thought it was. Okay. No. But... It, it was motivational rather than an actual sexual encounter. Not unlike the Karen Page and her boss's, like, relationship, which I feel like that's going to happen in Daredevil. Which is so weird. Like, you haven't written a story yet, but I'm keeping you on the payroll because... Here, here's this office. Of my dead friend. Here we go. I don't want sexual favor. What are you talking about? No. Do I look with my balding head that I need sexual favors from a beautiful woman that, I, that works under me? Just being around you is enough. Vicarious, I, I get, your charm, vicariously makes me feel better. No. Anyway, Caitlin slash Killer Frost, your feelings on her. Love Caitlin. Yes. Love Caitlin. Even, you, though, even though she's like 99% of the problem of <laughs> everything in the show. I'm saying, do you think she falls for Jay a little too easily? You know, I kind of, I've, I've heard a lot about that. I've, I've, I've heard the Caitlin, the Caitlin character get a lot of flack for a lot of different things this season. Um, I, I think as someone grieving the loss of, you know, of, of a loved one, you know, Ronnie, and I think sometimes there is that tendency. You either go one of two ways. You either you completely isolate yourself from all relationships and all possibilities, or, or you jump right into, right into something. And that's just how the Caitlin character deals with these things. She jumped right into something else. I mean, listen, Teddy Sears is a good looking guy. All right. Yeah. Listen, if I was a girl, you know, I you know, probably look at him a couple times and yeah, all right, let's see, let's see what this guy can do. See if he wears a helmet, <laughs> a really cool helmet with wings. Yes. Cause I mean, that's all the chicks. I don't know about you. I, I went out and got one. Are we thinking about the same helmet here or not? We're going to leave that up to the viewers to decide. It has, it has wings. All right. Let's be clear. Yes. That, uh, uh, okay. Sidebar. <laughs> Why did they kill uh, Robbie Amell? Why did they kill him off? Um. Why did, like. Do, I, I don't, do we know that? I, I don't do know. That, that, that maybe, he, maybe he couldn't commit to Legends of Tomorrow, so we're like, all right, well. Fuck you! We need a new Firestorm! Yeah, like, it's something that just really baffles me. I don't understand why, because it's like... It had that big hero moment, but then half the personality would be... Go up in flames, so to speak. And then, like, alright, we need a new Firestorm for Dr. Stein and, and his zaniness. Uh, they, they had a, a one ML per CW universe rule. Because <laughs> then they would have had to bring on one of Felicity's cousins to, to start... Giving him shit. No, I think I think Barry should go back in time and see emo Felicity when she was in college years, when she was kind of like a techno terrorist at one point. L- like let me one. let me let everyone in on a little secret. Emo Felicity never ended. Okay, she just stopped dyeing her hair black, or she just what is black her natural color or is blonde? Blonde, blonde. Blonde's the natural. Uh, yeah, I like. I actually liked her with the black hair and stuff like that. I think she looked quite stunning like that. But I, I actually liked her in seasons one and two. Of course. <laughs> That actually was the last episode she was tolerable. The, this is intolerable. The flashback episode with her, fo- her, fo- her first flashback episode, that's the last, like, good moment she had. Is this, isn't that, like, her old college one, the one kidnaps her and her mother? Is yeah. that Yeah, okay. 
That's what I'm thinking. All right. Yeah, so Caitlin Killer Frost, by the way. Who then tries to nuke the entire planet in Arrow Season 4 for some reason. Yes. It's it's weird whenever you introduce nuclear weapons into a comic book, it's just like... It can go one of two ways. Like Some days you just can't get rid of a bomb. Or it's like the end of the original Superman. Like, we're going to have to turn back time to, to prevent this or something mm-hmm. like that. Nope. Time. If I can find a way, I take back the words that hurt you. And you say, if I can see it, I can keep going. If you no, want. no, no. I'm, uh, I'm going to solve the space continuum or problem right there and go back in time and stop myself from making that reference so you guys can stop singing. Anyway. Careful of those time weights. Yes. I love the time rates. We should be time rates for Halloween. <laughs> Do you think Danielle Panabaker? Panabaker. Panabaker. Do you think she overacted as Kill Frost? You know what? It's Earth Two. And I think. I, th- I think it's a little more. Listen, they they got vertical TVs there. All right. I I I'd be overacting too. You know. It's like the only like you know, like there's everybody acts a little. It's a little soap opera sometimes, and a lot of people act big because it is a comic book show. I just felt like her is like. I am a villain and stuff like that, and I feel like she may have gone like a little too big for my personal taste. But. Maybe I mean, you you know, the vertical TVs. I want to, you know, when someone sends you a video and they shot it in portrait mode, and you're like, you are an idiot. Why would you ever shoot a video in portrait mode? Yes. Do you think the people shoot in in landscape on Earth too? And then the people get sent the landscape video. They're like, "You're an idiot. Why nobody uses landscape? Why would you want to watch a, the whole thing like the whole time?" The whole time. <laughs> Well, oh, that's a lot of Mrs. Doubtfire references here. I like. Yeah, this. Uh, keep it going. I mean, like as natural as possible, of course. And I could see that happening, and people getting uh, irksome about see, it. That's that's what fascinates me about Earth too. Not not you know not the doppelgangers. Yeah, sure, great. I want to know how people are shooting their cell phone videos. I wonder if when they flush the toilet, does it go in reverse? Like like the like the hemisphere, <laughs> like it's, it's ass backwards over there or something like that. Down. Use the three she cells from Demolition Man or something. Like you know, that. in Earth Two, maybe uh, maybe Jefferson Jackson is actually like Washington Lincoln. Uh, it's just like it's like there's a myriad of possibilities now that I can get lost just thinking about like what happened. Maybe he's there. like Carter Fillmore. <laughs> uh, you know what? That's like the best way to just like name, just name characters, just like random presidential last names. And just Van Buren. Van Buren, yes. <laughs> I'd like Hoover. you to meet my. I'd like you to meet my friend Reagan Polk. <laughs> <laughs> Reagan um, Polk, James K. Polk, by the way, one of the worst presidents. Yes. I think one of my favorite moments with Caitlyn is when we think Jay dies by being punctured by Zoom, and she screams out, and I thought that was one of her finest acting moments. Um, yeah. So I think. I'm kind of curious what they're going to do with her in fourth season. I think maybe her and Cisco finally, uh, third season, I should say, maybe her and Cisco finally attempt at a relationship. I don't know. You know, I've heard this from a couple different people, and I've seen the moments where I I know that's why people are thinking they may be leading to something like that. I just, for me, Cisco has feelings for her, yeah. obviously. Oh, oh, a hundred percent guaranteed, guaranteed. Yeah. Even if that's not intended on the written page guaranteed he has some sort of because come on look, look at her look at her and, and they work closely and they're all buddies yeah, and it's it's a, like, it, that's the way it works 
if you're a Buffy the Vampire Slayer fan, it's like uh, it's like Xander and Willow. It's like one of those things you just kind of eventually will you hope would happen, unless you're written by Josh Whedon, who just wants to fuck with your heart like that. Willow, they or won't they? Oh, give me that styrofoam piece. I'm gonna beat the shit out of Justin with him. Final feelings on Caitlin. You know, I I really I like that she got to spread her wings a little bit and 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 try out different stuff with Killer Frost. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if if she didn't have that to play around with, I could see the Kate, Caitlin character maybe getting a little stale, maybe a little bit redundant when they brought in Jesse and she served a similar role. Although I did like, and we'll talk about Jesse a little bit later. I did like when Caitlin wasn't there. You did feel the absence though of, yes. of Caitlin. And she has such a nurturing way about her and. Not only is she, you know, she, she's a great mind, but she's a great heart as well. And she's an essential part of Team Arrow. So, two thumbs. Sorry. That, that, that was maybe a, a subconscious thing, you know. Maybe, maybe, maybe a little bit. A little bit. Oh, oh, you, you, oh no. That would, that, that, would, that would be ridiculous. Then she'd be, a, you know, a, a wonderful character and provide with a nice viewing experience. Mrs. Granger, you're turning into an insufferable know-it-all. Turn to page 394. Your final feelings, and Caitlin. Why you go all Alan, Rick- Alan Rickman? Why not go all Alan Rickman? There's no situation in the world where Alan Rickman impression is inappropriate. Name one, other than maybe defusing a bomb. By the power of... <laughs> By Graptos Hammer, I will, I will have avenge revenge. I will avenge thee. By cutting the green wire. Click. <laughs> Caitlin. Uh, I do think she... I don't know. I didn't... I feel as if I didn't enjoy her as much as I did in the first season. Mm-hmm. I think that's because... I think this season... Early on, she was like too, uh, not too depressed over um, her fiance dying. Yeah, um, but also because I don't know, it, I I just don't think I ever really bought into the her and Jay romance. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'll say that. It happened like uh, probably a couple of episodes too quick for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I was I was always just like curious about what her thought process was throughout the season, but you brought up a good point, Chris, when you said when she wasn't there, um, in like the second half of the season, you definitely felt her absence yeah. in and among the team, you know, just like the way they would try and and design strategies to help save the city they they just were lacking not only her mind but like the the kindness aspect yeah because there's so many times that they could be really clinical and very um there's very realist like oh we need to do this and not take into the fact that there's emotional impact in any decision being made and she does raise those questions for her for him and you have to say like can we do this? Should we do this? Like, if we went with Harrison Wells's plans the entire time, oh, yeah. it would just be everybody would be uh, robots and stuff like that. And like, it's a nice balance to like have the humanity come from her. And like you're saying, when she was injured, and, like, and 
her, her not being there, or especially in the episode when she's kidnapped by Grodd, and you're like, this team kind of doesn't fall apart completely, but it's like a car with three wheels. It's like, uh, I can get far, but there's something really fundamentally wrong here. Yeah, again, it's it's her nurturing kind of nature that brings glues the whole team together. So she's an essential part of the team. People can, you know, I, I I can see people being being tough on her for certain things. You know, again, the 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 Jay the Jay and Caitlin thing again didn't really connect the way maybe it needed to. But I, I can see it from her perspective. She also probably just doesn't get out of Star Labs a whole lot. So the next guy walking in that's not Joe West or you know or 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 um, Henry Allen. It's like who else is you know? It's Barry, but they they kind of briefly in one episode tease the Barry Caitlin romance thing, which never happened. Thankfully, and I think. We're, thankfully, we're, we're, because we're all the same, I right? think you know that would just be you know that would be messy. And, um, although they, I think they would be good for each other. They're just too good as friends, and they need each other in that capacity. But I mean, who else does she have besides Cisco? Who who knows how she sees Cisco? She probably so probably sees him as the brother. Yeah, you know and unfortunate for Cisco because you know the kid's in love with her. You, like, you, yeah. you, you just know. It's just an unspoken... But we he, all have that he realization. doesn't go out of his way to make it awkward. Oh, no. Like, let's no, let's go into Cisco. Feelings on Cisco. Oh, man. I, like, I want to say Cisco's my favorite character, but I, I have like I, seven I, favorite characters. I was going to say, was he your MVP this year? No. Really? No. I, I, I love Cisco. Like, if I could be anyone on the show, I'd be Cisco. He's just—he's just—he's great. He has one of my favorite quotes in the entire season, which I'll, I'll get to when you guys are done talking about him. He's—he's—he is—I um, think he—he's what makes the show so enjoyable to watch, just from the ideas that he has, but also how he presents them and like, oh. We're just gonna insert geek reference here. Mm-hmm. This to someone. Yes, and it, it's he. He sort of feels to me a little bit like um, like uh, Ray felt in Arrow season three, where he's just you know having a d- good time with everything, mm-hmm. and really may not fully understand all the consequences of his. Uh, ideas, but he's just having such a blast with it that you're like, oh, he's having a good time and he's making us laugh. Yeah, and, and it just comes off as like this guy really enjoys what he's doing, and, even and he's helping an entire he's city. Valuable. Yeah, yes, he's not, just there. he's not. Yeah, like if he were just comedic relief with no purpose, he'd be he'd be a shit character. Yeah. But, you know, it's just, (laughs) I love the way he and and Harrison sort of still have the same connection they have in season one. But it's like, there's a different tone in the connection in season two. And they both acknowledge it. Cisco and Harry. And Harry. I think just the continuing time to call him Harry, just like just because he knows it gets under Wells' skin at that point. And it's 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 a different relationship, mm-hmm. but in many ways it feels like it's the same one from season one. But 
you know, with enough little differences where it doesn't feel like you're watching this, the same show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like uh, like Harry calls him Ramon instead yes. of calling him Cisco. Just like little 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 things like that. Although whatever he says, Ramon, I think of um, what what do, what do I think? I think of something else, but I don't even remember what I think of now. When when he says Ramon, no, you know what I think of? I wasn't there somebody on Rugrats named Ramon. Wasn't there like oh, the episode with the cool the yes. cool kid where she brings Tommy to school? Yes. And and like the cool kid who and like Tommy gets lost and he finds him and he has the comb. That, yes. That's who. That's what I think of whenever I when he calls him Ramon. Gotcha. So I just think of children's television shows when I think of things on this show. That's clearly evident. Um, <laughs> but Cisco has been he's like he's been the key to a lot of this stuff happening this and he season. Gets put the as, as vibe. As vibe. Yeah. He's been so crucial to so many big, big moments, like highlight real moments this season. And Cisco's like making all of these things possible, which is awesome because he was already valuable, but now that he's vibe, he's like it just completely opened up the floodgates like whereas killer frost you know she she has more character things and like character differences between caitlin and 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 killer frost and that's just an opportunity for that actress to have a little bit more fun this is an opportunity for now for cisco to just completely up his game in terms of importance to the team and like becoming like maybe Maybe the most important guy in certain situations. Mm-hmm. I love that, and it, it's interesting because like Vibe as a character in the comics was kind of like a joke before this, and he and this performance validates him and makes him an important part of the DCU. Like uh, I wouldn't be surprised if like now that DC is doing their rebirth comics, that Vibe probably pops up in a Justice League and being more of a normal character rather than. Just a throwaway character. Like, there's one moment, like, on another podcast, Jeff Johns, who runs DC Entertainment, he's talking about when he's writing Hawkman. He's, everybody's sitting at the Justice League table, and, like, Vibe's sitting there, just like, and all of a sudden, just a bloody, like, hammer just lands on the um, table, and it's Hawkman, and, like, dude, are you okay? It's not my blood. And Vibe's just like, all right, and is being really sheepish towards them, and so, like, like, Moments like that, but now he's just an integral part of this show. It's kind of hard, like, all right, well, now Vibe has to be part of the show because they've gotten him out of so many jams and stuff like that. And one of my favorite exchanges in the entire show entirely is between Harry and um, Cisco. Like, Cisco, uh, Ramon, do you still have your wand? My electromagnetic one or my or, or electromagnetic one? No, your Harry Potter one. Yes, the electromagnetic one. How do you know about my Harry Potter wand? <laughs> because all the conventions you probably go to. I need that wand. And then later on in that episode, when he actually uses the wand, he quotes Harry Potter, that part, like, a, a Spectra Patronum. And I'm just like, ah, it's a, it's a Harry Potter joke. I get it. And then dealing with uh, the responsibilities of Vibe and him not wanting to want to deal with that. And it's kind of like, other than Barry, who's a courageous person to begin with, and he he accepted the power, his powers he was given rather quickly, Cisco would be like anybody else if we were given unimaginable powers and have to deal with them on a daily basis or weekly basis. Like you'd be terrified to deal with them, and you would want to distance yourself from them. And then all your friends are like, no, no, we need your help like this. So we, it understands why he's standoffish from dealing with that. But I like the fact that he accepts it and respects and expect, um, 
accepts his role, especially when he gets the glasses and everything like that, and just jumps into it whole hog. And on top of all that, he just—he's just a riot. Like he just seems like he would be fun to hang out with. Of like, course, even the actor, not not just Cisco, but like just seems like a really cool guy. So completely likable. Yes. And any last words on him? I, I'm really looking forward to all the. Uh... Or hopefully the Harry Potter jokes he makes in season three now that Tom Felton is part of the cast. Yes, Tom Felton, <laughs> who played Draco Malfoy in the movies. So I'm curious to see what's going to happen with that. Anyway, let's talk about Joe. Joe West. The umpire? Yes, the umpire. No. Uh, terrible umpire. Yes. Sorry with you, Chris. Oh, I get to start with Joe. I I love Joe. Like, I, I want Joe to adopt me. <laughs> like... He like again. There, there are certain characters on the show that if you kill them off, like show's over for me. Yeah. Like, Joe was one of those guys because they did kill off Joe West. They did too. Yes, but they didn't. They but the right Joe is still. Yeah. <laughs> that joke really went south. I have to say that right now. Shut it down. <laughs> Oh, man. I thought my jokes were just directionless, but anyway. Oh, good God. <sighs> like, what What can you say about Joe that we don't all already feel? Like, he's just... The moments that he had this season with Barry, with Iris, with Wally, with Wally now. Like, incredible television! Like... And, and, and I'm not taking anything away from the TV writers or anything, but like I say... I'd say 65% of that is just Jesse L. Martin's yes. performance. Yes. He he elevates the you know what he's being given. And what he's being given is good, but he takes it into another to another level. Like he's like you like people say, "Oh yeah, all the acting on those CW superhero shows blah 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 blah." blah. You have you've clearly not watched The Flash then because you're getting a masterclass from multiple people yeah, on that show. With him and the next actor we're talking about like they're just Firing all cylinders every episode, every moment, and like making even the gobbly look, gobbledygook of techno babble possible and digestible to modern, to regular everyday audiences is astounding. I think that's another reason why Joe West is there because Joe's just like, wait, what? We're doing the what and we're playing the what? We're putting the A and <laughs> the, 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 the Hoopa what's this and the Hoopa? <laughs> exactly. And like the exposition for him allows all of us. So that's another great thing for Joe is being there. But I agree with that. Like, the heart of the show, a lot of it, like, a lot of it, Caitlin, but a lot of it comes from Joe as well. Oh, yeah. He also ties a lot of people together. Yes. Like, he ties his the entire West family together, like, in a way that even when they're not, like, you know, when they're not all communicating with each other, they're like, oh, have you talked to Wally or you, you talked to Iris or, you, you know, like, he... Like he's just he just pops into Star Labs and it's just like it's the greatest thing to just have him and Iris now part of the team. It's just like a big family vibe with uh no pun intended with 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 Team Flash now and it's just like like yes, this just keep this going forever because just having Joe be such a, a central figure and part of the team and he, like he's he's just a normal man, just a normal guy, you know? And he's just going out there and doing these incredible things along with a team of people who are just infinitely, you know, smarter than he is with, you know, technological psychobabble and whatever. But he just, he's so courageous, such a big heart, such a great father. And the whole arc with him and, 
and Wally this season. When we get to Wally, I guess we'll talk about that more. But just it's it's been so welcome on this show, and like you didn't even know that you needed it on the show until it happened. And you're like, this is this is sensational. Mm-hmm. He's the um, he's the uh, Captain Lance of uh, of the Flash. Without, without oh. spent a good chunk of his time as a Yes. Yeah. Um, Same hairdo for the most part from two of the for the most part. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually really strange to go back watch like the couple of early episodes yeah. of Arrow where he does that. Have hair, you're just like, like oh, oh he, he should be. Who is this guy? Um, and, actually, and Lance is probably my favorite character right now on Arrow. And probably for a lot of the reasons why Joe is so beloved on The Flash is because he's become that symbol for family. And yes. with... <laughs> I mean, he especially now that Barry's Earth One father is dead. He is literally the only um, father figure that Barry has left, and mm. Wells is kind of like a father figure, but more of like in a professorial role. Yeah, rather than actual. Like, he obviously cares for Barry, but right. not in the not family the way. way. But, like, there are some professors I still talk to now and stuff like that because of this great rapport between them. That's what it is. Rapport between Harrison Wells and mm-hmm. and Barry. But, like, there is true love between Joe and Barry. I think what makes Joe such a, a good character is that he really humanizes everything mm-hmm. like you said he's he makes things relatable to the audience he's sort of like uh, i want to say like he's the the stereotypical um protagonist that you would usually have in like a science fiction movie mm-hmm. like someone who really doesn't know a lot about what is really going on mm-hmm. and people explain it to him and through them they learn about the the universe mm-hmm. as a whole, right? And, and, and like so often, those characters like and that concept can just be so like like oh exposition exposition have to explain to the like like the the one that always comes to mind to me is the fiance in Twister, where she the only reason that she's there is so the audience can have an explanation of what the hell they're doing in, lay, in layman's terms. So like. But like with Joe, we got cows. It completely worked. <laughs> I could, you know, I could see Cisco on on Team Twister. Food vibe, vibe, <laughs> vibe. Sorry. Um, any last words you want to say on Joe and stuff like that? Um, I mean, it's it's hard it's hard to say where like I guess he ranks mm-hmm. in terms of characters. But you're right. It it would be a completely different show without him because you would lose that. Uh, uh, you'd lose that um, that moral center, mm-hmm. uh, and you'd pro- you'd probably get some really different uh, character outcomes in Barry, Iris, 
probably uh, certainly Wally mm-hmm. if if he weren't around, and uh, and I hope he stays with the show for for its entirety. And there's a few like one of my favorite moments is when he goes to Star Labs and he sees Harrison Wells for the first time, mm-hmm. mistaking it that it's Eobarthani. He immediately opens fire on him, and buried like stops the bullets from hitting him and stuff like that. Like, how are you alive? How are you still alive? Because you missed officer. I'm like, oh, <laughs> it's just a dick thing to say. And I'm like, it's like, and like how Joe reacts to that and have to be explained like, oh, this is Harrison Wells from Earth 2, et cetera, et cetera. But it's also that he's, despite the fact that he needs to be explained the exposition of certain techno babble and stuff like that, we've never seen him in a real crisis of not being no, not knowing what to do in a situation. We dealt with that when his wife comes back in the picture briefly before she passes, and then a son that he never knows, and then he has to relearn how to be a father again, and then it terrifies him. And Joe West being probably the, one of the bravest people on the show, that so brave that he knows he's a human and he is going up, uh, going up against metahumans, despite the fact that he probably has no chance of stopping them, but yet will still run into that fight. However, his son terrifies him and not knowing what to do about it is something that I find to be fascinating like trying to relate to him like trying to have dinner and trying to like talk about cars and like oh speaking of Wally West he has totally flunked out of school and he has not told his father yet has he or he totally dropped out of school and didn't tell his dad because he totally irked about like where are you staying on campus like oh yeah like being on campus uh yeah he totally dropped out of school and has not told his father at that point I'm like oh that's gonna come to fruition soon enough yeah, um, but the whole just the whole Wally and Joe arc—it's just so much fun to see Joe kind of like freaking out about such a simple thing that he's already doing the world's best job at with his other two kids. Yes, like he's like the best fictional dad ever. Like you, you want you know. Better than Danny Dan. Well, you know, Dan- you coach dad as well. Craig T. Nelson? Yes. I, listen, I didn't know we were throwing Craig T. Nelson to this. You, you changed the whole bold, game. You made a bowl statement. We're one of the best TV dads out there. We changed the whole game here. I, I mean, th- listen, Danny Tanner certainly had his had his drawbacks. <laughs> Would you you want to live with that freak? <laughs> well, I kind of didn't live with one, but I dealt with one, like with Tones being our Danny Tanner when it came to cleanliness and shit oh. like that. Ah. Uh. But anyway. no, like he's just he's just such a good dad and such a good person and. You just you always want him on that show, and whenever he comes on the screen, it's always like, yeah, it's Joe time. And I'm watching Law and Order earlier this evening, and like it's a it's been an episode where he was partners with Jerry Orbach, and I'm just like, oh Jesse L. Martin, like you have not changed a bit. And I'm like, and I wonder if you're at San Diego Comic Con. I said that thought out loud. And my dad's like, huh? Like, oh, he's on the Flash now. He's like, he's on the Flash. I'm like, yeah. What does he play? A cop. <laughs> like. Really stretching it there. I'm like, oh, it's, 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 you, you'd have to see it. Anyway, love, love Joe West. Can't wait to see what they do with him next season. Now, the other big father figure in it with is Tom Cavanaugh as Harrison Wells from Earth 2. Or, as, or I should say as Harrison Wells from Earth 2 with a little gravity voice and a little messier hair and the big gun. Just the, the, I love the gun. It's just like, I can't, like, I, it's like always like a safety plank at that point. Like, I can't do anything unless I have this strapped to me at a certain point. I know this is not going to stop Zoom, but god damn it, I'm going to keep trying with these darts. Hopefully it slows them down. 
your feelings on Harrison Wells in this season. Tom Cavanaugh is my MVP of this fucking show. Ooh. And let me tell you why. Let me, let me tell you something about this guy. About this Tom Cavanaugh. This guy has had to play such radically different characters and has done such a great job out of it that you completely forget that is the same guy playing two different characters. Three. Because he's played Harrison Wells in Earth 1, he's played Eobon Thawne as yeah. Wells, and he's played Harrison Wells in Earth 2. Exactly. It, he's just... He is the Thomas F. Wilson of this show for another Back to the Future reference. <laughs> because over the course of the trilogy, Thomas F. Wilson has to play... He plays about four or five different variations of Biff, and then he plays Griff, and he plays Mad Dog Tannen. Yes. And all of them, it's not a one-note performance. All of them are just so different, so nuanced, and just this guy is just spreading his wings and just going for it. And he, he, he even holds himself differently physically. Yeah. Tom Wilson, the MVP of the Back to the Future trilogy, just of course. For, for those performances. Tom Cavanaugh, another Tom, <laughs> same thing. This guy's the MVP. I cannot wait to see what they are doing with him in season three. Because whatever the hell he's doing, he, it's, it's going to be... And I hope he's a season regular. Oh, he will. He's got to be. Like you, you, he's another guy. You take. I feel like I say this with everyone, but that's how good a job they do with the characters on the show. That if even one of them is in like in question of not even being a regular, it's like, oh no, 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 we can't have this. Can't have this. Can't bring up the group here. This guy's great. All right. Th- this guy is. He really brings the show home. Mm-hmm. Like the Harrison Wells character, or the uh, the earbard Thawne Harrison Wells, or or you know. I, I really – I think if they bring him in as Earth-1 Harrison Wells, even for just for a little bit, um, you know, the original Harrison Wells before he gets taken over by Eobard Thawne. Yeah. If, if they do a little bit more with that this season, I think that would be so much fun to see him as, as that original Harrison Wells because, again, it would be a completely different tone. It would be a completely different guy, completely different hair probably. Well, yeah, and I would love to see, like, his notes. Like, he would probably make himself to distinguish one character from the other. That's probably just like a – I Oh, man. Like, I just want that guy to just start a podcast after the show is over and just talk about how he did all of this. Yes. I am – you know, I'm not in the film industry. I'm not an aspiring actor. But I would still get so much out of that just for my own personal enjoyment. And I know you would love that. Of course. Going back to the first episode of The Flash, like the first his – fir- from his first moment on screen, there was just something about the way he portrayed his character. Because think back to the first episode of The Flash. He helps Barry and then – in the final 30 seconds, you see him as Ebar Thawne. Right. And you're like, okay. He just spent like a good 30 minutes playing this really good character. Mm-hmm. Good as in, you know, good or evil. And then in the final 30 seconds, he completely comes off as completely villainous. And if you watch and- those scenes back... You see, there is something. There is something inherently twisted about him. Yeah, gone. And, and from that from that moment on, I was like, I hope this guy never leaves the show. But I also knew he's the villain in season one, and I didn't know if he was going to be back for season two. So 
I'm just like savoring every moment I have during season one, every time he's on screen. And then I think I just went to go check IMDb one night to see if he was still like on season two. Mm. I found he was a regular. I just like punched the air out of happiness because mm. I'm like he he is the best actor on the show with all respect to to Grant and to everyone else. He does the best job out of everyone um, just in just the way he will portray his character, but also in the nuances like every portrayal he'll give away some hidden ambition mm-hmm. that he has going on in the back of his head because even though he is a good character in season two. He still has his flaws. He agrees to help Zoom steal Barry's speed. He, Barry's speed. He is, he is at times more concerned with the health and safety of his daughter than he is with the greater good. The greater good. So. The greater good. So I, I just think the way he deals with all of these um, these uh, thoughts that his character has to go through mm-hmm. is, is just incredible. And there's a moment in the first season of Flash where they're doing a... Oh, no, they fire a missile. They're testing out Barry's speed, and I think they fired a missile at him. And... Wells doesn't know if he's going to be fast enough, and he braces himself to get up out of the chair to race out to save uh, Barry, expose himself as a speedster, A, walk, and be a speedster. And then he, like, relaxes, and he goes back, and it's, all right, fine. He's okay. Then we get into this season as Harrison Wells from Earth 2, for the most part, where he's an incredibly selfish character. He does not really care about these people or respect them because they are... Much like people probably would care about Earth 2 if they knew that that's not my concern. I am I am here for this purpose, and that's the safe resort. And I'm not going to take any away. Like, oh, that's like saying, oh, boo-hoo for your daughter being captured. And we're never going to begrudge him for that. However, there are a few questionable actions that he does, like agreeing to help Zoom. But that way he was in dire straits at that point, so that makes sense. But then there are moments when he gets his daughter back, and they're on Earth 1. And he's like, we got to run, we got to hide, and stuff like that. And I thought there was a little, I'm like, no wonder your daughter runs away. I'm like, Dude, she's probably doing the best thing right now, even though some of her actions are a little questionable. But Wells' performance, and then like we get to see, we go back in time and see Eobar Thawne Wells from season one. He gets to play that role again and relish that moment where he has, like, he realizes that like, you're not the barrier that I know. And then he gets the upper hand on him. And you're like, oh. Jesus, Barry, you screwed up the timeline, or you you potentially screwed him up. And much like with Jesse O'Mar and Joe, I see you cannot take your eyes off him whenever he's on screen. He's just that magnetic. And I hope they keep him as a series regular in season three. And can't wait to see what they're going to do with him. Imagine having to be that other guy that plays Eobard Thawne that's not... Oh, oh yeah. Like, Imagine having to be that... It's, I got I to gotta compete with him. You know, anything I do, it's just going to, oh, whatever. All right. How much are you paying me? 
Yeah, all right. There's one guy on Reddit that prefers him over Tom Kavner, I bet you. There, like, there's, it's Reddit. There's always one guy. Yeah. I joined Reddit for a little bit, and I kind of regret it. Same. <laughs> Reddit and regret it. <laughs> anyway, Tom Kavanaugh as Harrison Wells, fantastic. Now, let's move on to Barry's father, Harry Allen, who's now been released from prison now that Harrison Wells... Hard Wells's time at Rikers. Hard time at Rikers. At the... Wells confessed on video that he committed the murder, and well, and then Harry Allen is uh, released from prison. Your feelings on him? You know, I really, I don't have a whole lot of strong feelings for Henry Allen. Um, I like him. Yes. He's not around a whole lot. No. He's up in the mountains, and he's kind of like <laughs> he's like, I want to be with nature, and like after being in prison for like for nearly twenty years, I can, I don't really blame him for that. Yeah, you know, I'd, I'd go up. You know, in, into a cabin and listen to John Denver and just not be around anyone else. Actually, it doesn't sound like a whole, like, bad, bad idea. idea, regardless. That's, all right, so that's my retirement. Um, but Note no. Yourself. But no. Uh, well, I mean, I can listen to John Denver now if I wanted to. Which Are you going to listen to John Denver on the way home tonight? If I had John Denver on my phone, well, which why don't I? I should at least have Country Roads. Yes. Right? Yeah, that's a, that's a good one too. What's the other one? Uh, sunshine on my shoulder makes me happy. Yes, that's a good one. That's used in commercials sometimes. Anyway, John Denver podcast coming soon. Dun 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 dun. dun. Heard it here first. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, he's he's you know it was cool to see him, you know, become the actual Jay Garrick. Yes. At the end of the season, that was that, nice. That was my I, high high mark for me. I love the little odes to um, the 1990 Flash show, especially um, the interaction with him and uh, and Doctor McGee. Yes, alluding to their relationship on the uh, on that show. Um, I mean, obviously for pe- for people, it probably flew under the radar for people who weren't familiar with it, but for for Justin, for me. but uh, myself having yeah, they were that was who. Um, he played Barry Allen. He on, played Barry Allen on the show, and, and she was also Doctor McGee on that show. But she was more like she was the central figure on. She was, it was like a two-person team flash, yeah. pretty much. So she was like female Harrison Wells. She was like the female everyone. Okay. <laughs> she was his. Just not anatomically correct, like all of them. I mean, I mean, I've uh, uh, then again, I, then again, I've only I've only watched the pilot of that. So that's what I know for sure from the pilot, but it's my understanding that that's the way the season was. Did, did I ever tell you guys that when I tried to watch um, the Flash last summer on the, the website, you gave me, yeah, the tube.isis or something? Listen, I didn't give you any website. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> um, that the link you sent me was to – no, I think I went to type in – the Flash, and instead of getting this Flash, I got like the '90s you know, show. '90s Flash. Flash. So I'm like, I put on an episode. So I'm like, is this a flashback? And I just flashback like, four by three. What? And I just go like a half hour in. I'm like, what's with Danny oh, Elfman's naming on here? It Danny looks like Batman. Elfman. Yeah, I'm like, wait, no, no. And then I, I IMDb it, and yeah, it was it was not the right. It's, it's the only time I've ever watched the other Flash. It's funny because a guy, I, I, 
a friend of mine overseas is a huge fan of the 90s show. He he watched a few episodes of this series. He wasn't impressed, and he, so he stopped. Like, mm, I, excuse I, me. I always want to email him, like, dude, like, trust me, make it to the end of the first season. But I did tweet the picture of the actor playing Harry Allen as Jay Garrick, and I'm like, either John you either, shit. John, and like, you either die here or you live long enough to become another Flash. And I'm just like, oh, and he's like, that's amazing right there. And I'm like, and I have such an affinity for Jay Garrick. And it may only because Alex Ross, comic book artist, does these really realistic paintings. Like, he'll have people model in costume for them so he can have reference for when he's doing it. And he did this great poster for Jay Garrick as The Flash. And I've just been obsessed with, like, that look. I like the weird like the inverted uh, lightning bolt the helmet and seeing him in the flesh as the true jay garrick not the fake one at the end of the, of the season i'm like i want that to be back i want him to be back as and seeing two flashes it would be interesting although i did i did kind of have an issue with the way they kind of shoehorn the whole helmet thing in remember remember the backstory of hunter zolomon and how his father was a soldier and that was the helmet and then that wasn't originally that Jay Garrick's helmet, like yeah. I, I, I kind of, and I, I see a lot of, you know, like, the, the comics purists kind of, kind of be like, uh, not too comfortable with what they did there with the, with the. But also, the those flashbacks, like to Hunter Zolomon on Earth Two, is like childhood was traumatizing. You know, like, and then you see, cut to him in the asylum, and I'm like, no wonder he turned out to be a sociopath. Look what you sent him, rehabilitation, my ass, like. Uh, no, like that, that, that was just a really weird way to open that episode, and I was like, "That was very jarring." Yes. So, Justin, your feelings on Harry Allen? He's dead too, but you know, we kind of. Well, one of them is dead. Yes. Um, it was strange because he's there for like the first, I want to say, three or four episodes of season two, and then he disappears. I think it's because of some, like, uh, what I felt was, like, a bullshit reason. Yeah. Like, I, I don't John want... John Denver is not a bullshit reason. I'm, I'm not saying that was the bullshit That'd be more, reason. That would be more... I'd buy that more I than the one they that. actually gave yeah. us. Like, if he said, son, I just... Son, I just want to go up into the mountains and listen to John Denver. I'd be fine with that. They're like, hey, I can't have you risking your life to save me. And it's like... Because really? we don't know what we're doing with this character, that's, so we're writing him off until we need him again. That's that's some that's some elicity bullshit. I, yeah, I think you can put John Denver yeah. right in there. Yeah. Yes. Uh, uh, John Denver is now headcanon to me. <laughs> it, it'd be like one of those one of those things. Like, what? What do you mean? Where are you going? And like the music gets all kind of like you know like kind of sad and emotional. And then he's like, oh, you know, I, I just want to, you know, I, I really I've been in prison. I'd really just like to go up to the mountains and sit in a cabin and listen to John Denver and like the music stops and I'd be like, oh yeah, that's understandable. Of course. See ya. Uh, bye. And they always throw in like those those nonsensical pop songs in at the end of uh, certain episodes and that one, it could just be John Denver. There, there we go. Yeah. Or, or that could be every episode, just be John Denver. Yeah. Instead of the main theme where he does his monologue at the beginning of the episode, it's, it's just like, it's like, I am fastest man alive, country roads, as he's running through the streets. Can we do this? Can we do like a mashup video of like the opening credits? Oh, God. uh, That may be great. West Virginia. Take me home. Fuck. All right. I may end up doing it. 
I'm seriously considering doing that. Anyway. My name is John Denver, and I'm no longer alive. Unfortunately. Yes. It's a great travesty that I've been taken from this world. But fortunately, you can relive my music every week on the CW. Tuesdays at 8 on The Flash. So, love Henry Allen. Love him more as Jake Eric now. Hopefully we get to see him next season. Patty Spivet. <laughs> oh, you took a firm grasp of that situation. Right I took the mic. Uh, you know what Spivet reminds me of? Now we're going back to more children's television shows. J.B. Spigot, big shot movie producer, producer from, from Doug. Doug. Yes, That's you said that. Every time I think of J.B. Spigot. Uh, and like, I think of Doug. rounding off the... Nickelodeon roster right now. In, in his... Well, yeah. Well, yeah. And then uh, yeah, Doug as a uh, waffle stomper or whatever, <laughs> whatever was the, the 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 fake the fake movie that he he was gonna star in, oh, be a big shot movie star. Yeah. So J B Spigot, I, I my head canon is that's her dad, um, and she changed the she changed the one letter in the last name because she didn't want everyone to know that you know she, her dad's a big shot movie producer. Because he wanted to be a big shot, didn't you? No, we're not doing. Uh, <laughs> Billy Joel, listen, John John Denver is the the official uh, sponsored artist of of the Flash and this podcast. Anyway, even though it's your podcast, and you can make these decisions. Yes, Patty Spivet. <laughs> uh, having said all that, oh my God, um, when they were first saying, "Oh, we're going to introduce a new a new love interest for Barry," and I was like, "Oh, why do we?" Can't these can't these superheroes just you know, can't they just have a maybe a period of time where there's not a love interest? You know, it's real life. Some people have periods of time where they're not going out with anyone. Some people have much longer periods of time than the average person. Someone doesn't sound better. But nevertheless, <laughs> I have my John Denver. Of course. But no, no, no. But like, I was first like, eh, do we really need to do this if they're just going to get back to Iris? But once Patty came on the screen, I was like, all right. Well, hello. It was, <laughs> I was just gonna say that. It was just gonna. Well, hello. Well, hello. Do, do the Marv. Uh, um, punch. Get clocked in the face. But first. oh man, like she. First of all, like the the human being who plays her was created in a factory specifically for me. And second of all, okay. <laughs> and, and, and second of all, <laughs> even even. <laughs> Sure. Okay. He- hegemony. But, but but besides that, just I loved the character because she was just she had this great energy about her, and it's like, oh my god, she's perfect for Barry. Look how awkward they are together. It's adorable. This is this is great. She's kind of like a female Barry in a lot of ways. And so for that first half of the season, I was to to coin a phrase from another podcast that I listened to. I was batty for Patty. I absolutely was. And there was a time where where that changed a little bit, and I was like, all right, let's let's. Get the show on the road. You can go to Coast City or wherever you're going, but um, but yeah, for for that first half of the season, I was loving the addition of Patty Spivet. I loved Barry actually enjoying himself yes. with, with someone who enjoyed Having his a company equally, and, and he got some. Yeah, you know, he got a little bit. Listen, the guy's a superhero, makes sacrifices for the entire world and his his cities more specifically. But he needs to break off something for him. Yeah. Sometimes John Denver just ain't enough. No, you, not on his own. John Denver can get you to a certain place, but you, you need a little tender loving care. You know, Patty Spivet was the sunshine on Barry's shoulder, making him happy. 
No, she she was um I, I <laughs> Yeah, I know you're dumb sh- yeah, listen, you're not going to top my thoughts. Huh? Yeah. So. I mean, you seem to have some very interesting thoughts. <laughs> um, I don't think I liked her as much as Chris did in more ways than one. Um, but no, I think she was a good character. Um, a strong female character without having to constantly be reminded. Um... And, again, you, there was that, like, real connection between her and, and Barry. And you actually felt really bad for Barry when things didn't go well for them. Because you thought, okay, he finally got past Iris. Now he's having a, a good time with, with Patty. And then, kind of because of his own stupidity or... Um, insecurity about her reaction to finding out that he is the Flash sort of like drives her away. I think that's kind of what um, I didn't like so much about her character in that it ended up going a little down that arrow road where like, secret, 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 secret. Hey, I got a secret. Don't tell anyone. It was a secret. I promise not to tell. Whoa. Yeah. John Denver remix. Jesus, I did not expect that song to be brought up here, but wow. Well, it's the Beatles, so I mean, come on. Yeah, but I mean, like, Beatles is something like a a repertoire of music that's rarely brought up here. Listen, I, I could have gone uh, Secret by Madonna if, if we wanted to. That's true. Or Secret, Secret, I've Got a Secret. Nobody I, uh, got the Mr. Robot. Have you started watching Mr. Robot yet? Oh, I, I was going to ask you, it all, are all the episodes up on USA's website? I, I'm not sure about season. They might still be on demand. Okay. You could probably or Listen, if you need a way to, to watch these episodes. Send me to can, ISIS website, aren't you? I'll send you ISIS, all right? <laughs> listen. And so I can end up in Rikers, <laughs> but uh, but but no, you. I highly recommend that show to all living humans yes. and even deceased humans. John Denver, and recommended. I, I recommend it. Any last thoughts on Patty Spivet? Uh, I I hope she comes back at some point. I mean they yeah. they left the door open for it. I'll slam in her face. I don't want her to come back. Really? Why? Well, because. She had such, like, she had such great potential, and I felt there was a genuine connection between the two of them. And I love the fact, like, when when Barry's face, Doctor Light, and he actually goes on a blind date because he is blind. He's got glasses on, like he's Stevie Wonder, and Cisco with his eyes at that point. And like, it's probably the worst date you could possibly go on. But it, it was, was incredible. For it was us. incredible. However, the attitude she had towards him, and then like, oh, like I don't know if like when she discovers that he's the Flash, and then there's problems with that. And that's why I, I gravitate to Iris so much that she accepts it. She but, just wanted him to tell her. I know, and and he could have, of course. Oh, yeah. and but they just needed her to go away. And I'm just like, I'm like, go to CSU school. Do not come back. I, I was like, I did not want her to come back. I think she was just muddling with it and just becoming a love triangle. To, like it could end up being a love triangle the worst way. Luckily, it didn't end up like that. I mean, 
now that Iris is in the friend zone, if history goes back to the way it is with after the end of season three, we'll see what happens now. So I enjoyed her and I enjoyed the actress doing it and I love the moments they have together. I was just not that infatuated with it like Chris was. But I will always cherish those moments that they had together. Yes. There's nothing, there's nothing, nothing wrong with that. Listen, I, I, I really do wish that she had a more kind of a noble exit, mm-hmm. you know, or, or maybe, maybe even, maybe even kill her. I mean, I loved her, but listen, you don't get more sympathetic than being killed in the line of fire. She's a Laura. police officer. Very, very, very courageous police officer. Yes. She, she faced she, a giant shark. Yeah, with a, with a handgun. Like, come on. She's got some guts. Um, but, you know, they, they need a way to get rid of her, I guess, to move certain things along if they wanted to, so... They kind of, but like in even in that, she did make a lot of sense to me. She's like, you know, I've been really cool. Like, what is the what is the deal here? And I'm like, she has been really cool, Barry. What is the deal? Yeah. Am I siding with her? I'm supposed to side with you. What is going on? And he what was being happening? and he was being stupid, and it was just a moment of stupidity that you were like literally like Barry. What it's like, you- listen, I listen. I watched the other show for that. All right. Yeah. Well, I think I tune into you right now. Anyway, we'll see what happens with her. If she does not come back, we'll uh, see. I won't be upset. I know you will be, Chris. But I can always go back and rewatch those episodes anytime That's I want true. via via ISIS websites. <laughs> well, they got that new deal now with uh, with Netflix, the CW. Yes. So, is it up by this point? I haven't looked yet, but it might be. Yeah, like it's oh. a, like a within hours or days after the like season's over, it'll be up on Netflix. Like. That rather After than the season or the episode? Season. No. So like, you won't have to wait for the DVD right. Blu-ray release until for it to go up on Netflix. Yeah, so like right now, you would have to, uh, or last year, you would have had to wait until, I think they usually put it up like middle of September or a week before uh, the new season was about to begin. So you have to go four months like I fucking had to do without being able to watch it on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Um. Now instead, like a week after the season finale, all the episodes will be up there. Nice. So. Well, when I when I do uh, sign up again for Netflix when Luke Cage comes out, I'll be sure to watch that on the back half of my month. I just I subscribe to Netflix in months. I think I've told you this before. Yes. I subscribe for the month and then cancel. I watch what I want to watch and then I get out. That's kind of what I do with the HBO app. Like, I got the first month for free, so now I can rewatch Game of Thrones. And then after that, I'll probably, like, cancel it for a couple months until, like, something else comes along that I want to watch. That's fair. Anyway, moving on to Hunter Zolomon, a.k.a. Professor Zoom. Your feelings on Zoom in this. I need your speed. That's really my the summation of my feelings on on Zoom. Well, I mean, all right, so we look at Hunter Zolomon, and he seems like a good guy, and you'll want to like him, but th- there was, like, from, from the very first moment, there was always something, like, a tiny bit too convenient about him, a tiny bit suspicious, and then there were these massive wild theories going on all throughout the course of the season and podcasts I listened to and stuff I saw online and just like, like, wow, this is really cool. Like, who is he? So is, is he 
is he actually Jay, and then there's another Jay, or is he Jay, and then there's Hunter Zolomon, and then, but is that his brother, or did he have a clone, or is that the, the Earth 2 Hunter Zolomon, and there's Earth 1 Hunter Zolomon somewhere that we don't know about, or who's, his, who's what? Who's oh, God, I've gone cross-eyed. And then, and then, <laughs> you knew exactly what I was going for again. I was just about to do that, Home Alone 2. My favorite part of Home Alone 2. Um, I, can we go a podcast? Or or a day of seeing each other without referencing Home Alone. No. Is that, that like six, six years we've known each other? It, it's no. it, it's impossible. Um, but uh, but yeah, I I thought that that aspect of him was a lot of fun. All just the different theories and all the possibilities of what the hell this guy is, and if there's more of him, or who he actually is, or what the hell he's doing. I don't know what the hell he's doing. He's. He, <laughs> I am your speed. No, but um, I, I I liked him well enough. What if he was just like an '80s drug lord that just wanted speed, like the drug? And Harry com- and Barry completely misinterpreted it. What if he was Keanu Reeves? Dun 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 dun. What if I told you? <laughs> Um, <laughs> so is that really your feelings on Zoom? <laughs> well, it's, firstly, I did not like the voice as much as you guys did. Right. Oh, that's just... That's uh, I don't know. I felt too... Uh, Over the top? Yeah, almost cartoony. That's fair. I can give you that. Like, I... Obviously, I understand augmented voices yeah. are kind of a thing throughout the CW universe and mm. all uh, comic book movies and shows. Right. This one, this one seemed like I'm a bad guy. I'm going to speak in a ridiculously evil voice just because I can. Right. And there was really no explanation for it other than the fact that I'm the bad guy and this is my bad guy voice. <laughs> so from if if you're going to have like physical uh, differences or um, a uniqueness, I think there needs to be a reason for it. Mm. And I, I just thought that there was like no sensible explanation for it. Mm-hmm. So that's why I probably wasn't thrilled with it. Which I can see that. I mean, I think he was most interesting when he was just the speedster with the voice and you didn't know what his intentions were. Yes. And we didn't know his true identity. He would just show up, wreak havoc, and disappear. I, I think when when he first showed up, that voice worked because... You didn't know what he was or who he was. Right. He could have been this mystical force thing or whatever. A monster or, under the mask. John Denver. Or John Denver. And... Country Roads. Country Roads. John Gun- Denver as covered by Venom. Country Roads. And, like, there could have been, like, a really good explanation for it. Instead, it was just, like, an evil guy with an evil voice. That's fair. But he looked fucking badass. Yes. He did. 
When he, the first time you saw, I was like, what the, f- oh my god, what is that? Is that a suit or is that his skin? Or is what the fuck is the freaking, that was the actual thing I said. Gotcha. Um, which I totally, I totally agree with. And one of my favorite moments is when he manhandles Barry, breaks his spine, and then drags him through the city to make an example of it before like look at your false god that you pray you pray to and look at the person you look forward to and i have defeated him in less than a few minutes i can destroy you if i wanted to you have been warned and then takes off and he goes to the police station and does the same thing you're like what's barry gonna do how can he stop them it's just however he peaked at that moment once we got the backstory and his true explanation of what he wanted to do, it became less interesting. And but also, I think we were sp- once he was getting lovey dovey with Caitlyn. It's not even that. I think is we were spoiled with Reverse Flash and Eobarthon because of Tom Cavanaugh's performance. I think we were spoiled because of that. And one of my favorite moments with with Cavanaugh in the first season when he's like, now when he says the immortal lines, "Run, Barry, run!" When he tells him to go back in time. And had that entire explanation of, like, what you're going to experience when you're going through time and everything like that. And you become part of the Speed Force. Versus, like, I want your speed, Barry Allen, when he's got he's unmasked. And like, you see that giant gerbil wheel? We're going to race across it now. Ah. Uh, hopefully we get a better villain in the third season. Like, nothing really against them. Or, like, keeping, like, everybody as hostage on Earth 2 and his weird, like cave thing that he can't be only accessed through a very specific way and stuff like that on Earth 2. Like then, a waterfall or something? Yeah, or? that we had to freeze. That TLC, freeze well! TLC shooting a music video in front of. <laughs> anyway. Resume, not my favorite villain, but decent enough. I liked him, so there. Um, you know, like, I enjoyed him. Like He was cool when we didn't know about it. He, when he was mysterious. When he's more sporadic, yeah. Yeah. He was like a spice, and he became too, too much by the end of it, like that. <laughs> he became too spicy. <laughs> With that voice, it was just way too spicy for my taste. Spice day. up your life, Barry Allen. How do you not? I love that. I I will never not love that. <laughs> I just want an app where you can just turn your voice in and just send voicemails like that. Chris, don't forget we're podcasting on Friday. Bring your speed. <laughs> Can we talk about that that season finale plot point, like the race? Yeah, let's jump. To, let, let, well, no, no, no. We got a few more characters. Then we'll jump to that. Okay, okay. Anyway, last two characters I want to talk about: Jesse, uh, Har- uh, Harrison Wells' daughter, and Wally West. Your feelings on those two? Oh, they're totally gonna hook up in season three. Yeah, and they're gonna be speedsters. Yeah. Speed gadget. I'll, I'll get, get you, you next time, time Barry. Yes, <laughs> oh my God! <laughs> More television cartoons we're just tying this show this show into. Jesus. This message will now self-destruct in five seconds. I don't worry, Harrison. I'm always on duty. Wait, what? what? <laughs> I can see that <laughs> happening. Uh, Wally. Um. Interesting character. I think he was like, he obviously had a chip on his shoulder, but I don't know if that was 100% like necessary. I'd probably have a chip on 
my shoulder to if my mother passed away and I was sent to live with some rando guy. Who has some random white kid yeah. living with him. Yeah, who happens to be, have a lot of speed built inside of him. Yeah, I, it's, it's, it, I'd imagine it's an awkward situation to be in. Yeah. But he has potential, and he, I, I'm curious to see what he's going to be like when he turns into the Flash. I, I really just, I liked his whole arc of kind of walking into things like, um, like, all right, yes, you're my dad, uh, who's, who's this kid? Why do you treat him like he walks on water? What the hell is well, this? Well, he can walk on water. What is he has going speed on? speed to walk on water. Those boys don't walk on water! Unless you got power! If he ever called Barry a bojo, that, oh man, that would just... I'm going to tweet. More Barry, Barry was such a bojo. The Barry, you bojo! Uh, anyway. Um, imagine if Zoom called him a bojo. You bojo! Alan! That would be great. Um, But no, Wally, I really... I like the whole I'm street racing to fund my mom's hospital bills, but he also just really likes it and he really gets off on speed. Maybe he should have given Zoom the speed on the cars. He he would have found a way. I also like that he's very capable and you know designing things technologically and like he has that background. I really like. He started off as like the rough around the edges, like oh, there's gonna be some growing pains here. But then by the end of it, when he's like. You know, he wants to sacrifice, and he wants to help the Flash, and he wants to be part of the team, and he's he's doing all this stuff, and he's putting himself out there. And you're like, yes, yes, give this man some some speed right now. Give him powers. He deserves it. He earned it. He's It's not just that, oh, yeah, he's just going to become Kid Flash just because, oh, he's Joe's other son, and blah, blah, blah. Let's, let's get him struck by lightning. Even when they do, when they're... When they're recreating the particle accelerator exploding, when they're recreating that, and you think that they're going to give Jesse and Wally the speed, and they don't, you're like, oh, man, why didn't they? Because they, again, they earned it. Yes. They earned so much, and they didn't even do it. They, they're holding off on that. But now we know, we've seen pictures, we've seen concept art, and we've seen set photos that he does become Kid Flash, and he gets a really badass-looking costume, which is very comics accurate. Uh, and I, I cannot wait for Wally in Season 3. However... I would not be okay with Barry dying and Wally taking over as the main Flash. As much as I really enjoy Wally, that's a completely different show if that happens. I mean, that's what happened when when the end of the Crisis on Infinite Earths comic storyline in the 80s where Barry Allen sacrificed himself, resetting all the universes to like one universe until that was later undone. But Barry Allen was not published in the Flash comics for 20 years. Like That's how much dedication they gave to like, this is a huge event. It wasn't until Jeff Johns, like, years later, like, I, like I've written Flash as my favorite character, and I've written Wally for years. I want to bring Barry back, and he did it in such a fantastic way, and it's obviously, it's played into the show, and it's obviously played to him being a part of this TV show. And there's a moment, like, you're saying, like, he's great with designing, but he's not, like, Cisco or Barry level, because he was saying, like, Trying to build like a, a putting a race car, a jet engine in a car for racing, and then like Barry shoots the idea down, like oh, like airflow or torque or something like that, and then like Wally's like, well, we didn't have to burn, like you didn't have to rain in my parade like that, and Barry's like, oh yeah, like I should probably be a little have a little more tact when doing that. I I, I love that that tension and that the kind of subtle jealousy and all the stuff Joe's going on between them. them at that point. And Joe has no idea what to do and he's freaking out and it's making it even more difficult. I love that. That's great television. 
That's great drama. I love it. It's great. It's great times. Great laughs. Oh. You know what I was going for. You always know what I'm going for. Well, that's what. Well, that's why we've been such good friends for years because we just we just click like that. And we do it on podcasts. Yes, and I hope that plays soon. I hope the people who listen to it. They have that. no fucking idea where. Who, who the hell's John Denver? If listen, if you if you, if you know John Denver, let me just tell you. He's the guy that owns the Broncos, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know what John Denver is always. I always kind of associate with Billy Tim Denham. Ah, uh, yes, denim like a jean. Oh, oh yeah, yes. just, 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 just like the jean. Just, just denim like a jean. You, you have some lovely hands here. You, you moisturize. moisturize. <laughs> I tried all sorts of brand of lotion. I even went fragrance-free for a whole year. Uh, now my it? sister, she uses uh, uh, aloe vera with a little sunscreen. So and, you know, ideally speaking, we all should wear gloves to bed. But I found that interferes with my, my social agenda, to, if you know, you know what, what I, mean. I mean. Plus, I get a reaction from the camphor, so I don't really get too far from the traditional remedies. Well, I could probably throw that to seven... Sixty-eight? Eight. A piece? No. Really? You do that. Uh, yes, they, I can. You, they, 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 they told me to come see you. Oh, they, they did they? I'm sure glad they did. <laughs> Sorry, we, we went down like... Ocean's so so apparently we can do one of these uh, live script readings for Ocean's Eleven. Yeah. We don't even need the script. No, I mean, Ocean's Eleven was on the other day, and I'm just like, I got sucked into watching for like 45 minutes, and I'm quoting like This plane leaves in 45, 45 minutes. minutes. Be positive, Frank. You be positive. I'll be realistic. And even if you get outside, you're still in the <laughs> middle of the fucking desert. I love how we quote Home Alone while we're quoting Ocean's, Ocean's Eleven. Eleven. It's just incredible. I haven't seen Ocean's Eleven in a while. I gotta, I gotta fix that. Anyway, Justin, you're feeling a Jesse and <laughs> and Wally and Wally West. Out of your goddamn Their minds. Goddamn hippie. What the hell am I doing here? <laughs> I don't know. Because <laughs> you're not being a barista right now. Hey, three hours ago, I was a barista. <laughs> <laughs> you came here with three humongous slices of pizza. pizza. One of them, like, being, like, really too hot, too much to handle. The and you pizza, need... like, collapsed. It was, like, there was too much matter in the universe. And it speed. <laughs> oh, boy. Um. <laughs> so, Bernie Mac and Ocean's Eleven. I, <laughs> I hate all of you. <laughs> I just put, just throwing that out there. <laughs> um. I don't hate Bernie Mac. I never said I hated Bernie Mac. You gotta be an idiot to hate Bernie Mac. (laughs) We've always been like for for colored people. Watch your buddy. Talk to him. Sorry. So going back to why. Yeah, no, it's a quote from Ocean's Eleven. Don't worry. Everybody just think of just just a fucking bigot or something like that. Archie, <laughs> stop your selfie. Eat, eat, eat it, eat it. Archie, you're thinking you're gonna be a bigot or something? Oh no, I ain't here. Yeah. marriage. <laughs> Still, favorite, one of my favorite <laughs> cutaways in Family Guys. They, they dress up as the clans and they're burning across on Jefferson's lawn. They're like, "Time to move, Jefferson." Archie, I can't see you out of my shape. Stop yourself, Edith. We're trying to be incognito. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> So Wally West. So Wally West, as you said, rough around. We know Wally West. We're going straight to the Wally West. We're 
Wally West, Desperado, Rough Rider. <laughs> Well, when I said Joe West before, I'm like, like I said it was a wicka wicka while, like that. I said that went through my head, but like, I'm not. Hey, you know, the show is called Anything Goes, folks. Let, let, let's be clear here. That you know, true. Anything goes. Oh. Do we have that? Why is why is not the Madwin version of the when song? I review Temple of Doom? I'm, that's going to be the theme song. You're going to be the one only time uh, switch out the theme song. When, when are we doing this magical review? Well, it'll be you, Dakota, and I when we review probably the entire Indiana Jones series. Fraulein, are you going to talk about Wally West? Or am I going to move on? I'm going to. I've been trying to talk about Wally West for the past seven minutes. You're not being assertive enough. You don't have enough speed to get ahead of us. I need your speed. speed. Rough around the edges. He's a very rough around the edges character in the beginning because he has that rebelliousness about him that is very different from anyone else we've seen on the show. Usually when when Joe West says something, you best listen to him because he knows what he's talking about. <laughs> and while he's just like, no, you're an idiot. And You're not my real dad. <laughs> You're my real dad, but I don't treat you as such. I don't treat you with respect and such. I get no respect. <laughs> uh, Joe West is my father. I don't get no respect. Re- replace while I was with Ronnie Dangerfield. Hey. I became the speed. Hey, that's a nice drag car. Did you come with a uh, bowl of soup? <laughs> Are we really doing Dangerfield now? Wait, Wait someone take a picture. There's a parking lot. <laughs> We're all becoming metahumans tonight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesse Quick. Um, <laughs> again, she just—I just think of the bunny when, when I hear. All right. What? The Nest Quick Bunny. Jesse, Jesse Quick. Quick, Nestle Quick. I think of that. I think of things when I think of the characters. Rhyme, alliteration. It's been a gimmick that we're doing with this whole the whole podcast long. All right, all right forget it. Jesse sorry, Quick. Sorry, sorry, not the speed of this. Jesse right Quick. Now. Jesse Quick. Your speed. If you made it to the end, if you want to tell that you've made it to the end of the podcast, just say hashtag I need your speed. Just saying that. Everybody. Well, I'm pretty sure that there was like 17 other opportunities where someone would have done that earlier. In oh the show. yeah, for sure. It's got to be uh, hashtag. Um. The end. <laughs> wild, wild, wild west. Hashtag. Hashtag Bernie Mac in Ocean's Eleven. Yes. Anyway, that's the ha- that's the official hashtag. We're only two hours into. We have we have still have a bunch to talk about. So. What are, what are we talking about now? Jesse Quick. Je- Jesse Quick? Um, it's lasting longer than ever season four. Wow. You know, wow, that's... Uh, okay. Um, hopefully ho- hopefully one of us doesn't get killed off here. I mean... I mean, I, I would get to meet John Denver. It's true. No, we'll bring back the Lazarus Pit, so will you, will, will, will you get to see John Denver for like a day and then... Bring you back here. Or maybe I could do it like a month. It'd be like Netflix. 
You get for a month and then then cancel. Anyway. Anyway. Jesse Quick. Um Quick. I, I, I put me on the spot here. Uh all right. So at first she was a little bit annoying. God. At first, she was a little bit kind of like, but I mean, but again, I understand why she'd be annoying. She was just plucked from her, her world, brought to another world. Knows nothing about it. Her father's hanging around with these strange people and superheroes, um, people named Cisco, and who don't sing about thongs or wet, wear uh, wear all red leather suits. Yes, although. Would be a good look for Cisco in season three, and maybe the white hair. Um, I really have nothing to say with them. I think I think we should just move on. About Jesse Quick, yeah. You really you weren't feeling her. No, I. I, I it seemed like she just like she was created. When she get when she's rescued, like I like the flashback scenes on Earth too with her and her father and like. Like you're like oh you're like my daughter Jesse Quick and stuff like that. Like ah we're dropping like she's going to be. I know the speedster and stuff like that. She gets a chance to become speedster. She probably has powers that she has not revealed herself yet. But like, I'm running with you because I'm mad at you because you've marooned me on a strange world. I mean, and that's a pretty reasonable gripe, I would, yeah, I would think. Yeah, I mean, I, I was waiting for her to join the circus at that point. Like, that's how, like... I mean, like, I mean, when I have to sit in traffic for, like, an extra 20 minutes, I'm pretty, you know, I'm pretty agitated. So I can understand being in a, I mean, being in traffic in World 2, Earth 2, what would it be, like, vertical traffic? Ah! <laughs> oh, man. Anyway. But, no, I mean, she was a little bit annoying, but at the end of the day, I can kind of understand her situation. She's a little bit country. She's, she's a little bit John Denver. Um... But, and also, her dad's a weirdo, so, I mean, for her to turn out as well-adjusted as she did, you know, it's... that's A miracle. It's, it is a miracle of modern science, um, of which she is a student. But And smarter than a father, but technically. I, you know, I did, I did like the way she kind of stepped up to the plate and kind of filled in for Caitlyn when Caitlyn was be, being held prisoner um, yes. in Earth 2. By Zoom. By Zoom, yes. Who was? Who was? By I don't the know what that was, was. I was like, it was like, like you just heard like a three pack smoker a day, like right there. I was like, oh god, no, I don't want to see that. Maybe that was the deal with Zoom. Maybe. Yeah, but he only only while he was wearing the Zoom costume. So when he was just, he just Hunter Zalman, it, it didn't. He like he just has like a has, Jackson, has diff- yeah different yeah. So we solved that. <laughs> um... But yeah, no, Jesse, she was cool, and, I, and they teased a little bit of chemistry with her and Cisco, which I would say, hey, you know what? Maybe that's the way to go um, if you're going to go with a Cisco love interest. But they seem to go uh, be going for the maybe her and Wally, which at the end of the day, I really don't care who's hooking up um, if it's not uh, well earned, like Wally, uh, like um, like Iris and and Barry. But she is a regular in season three, and we know this. What role she's gonna have? What version of her? There, maybe, maybe it's gonna be Earth One, Jesse Quick. We don't know. Um, we don't know yet what what's in store for her in, in season three. Uh, but I, you know, I liked her well enough. I didn't. I didn't dislike her. Mm. 
I don't dislike anybody on this show, actually. Which is which is interesting for me because usually on a show there's at least one or two people that you're like, all right, you can just get even fucked. on Mr. Robot. I, listen, I don't have time to dislike people on Mr. Robot because my mind is going a mile a minute, and I'm just trying to like, what the what the is this is that who did who did the and then who was the thing and when was the it's like it's like <laughs> what Barb what it's it's like it's like trying to figure out who the hell Jay Garrick slash Hunter Zalman was and what he was. It's like that for an entire show times a thousand on steroids while listening to John Denver. That's what Mr. Robot is like. So that's. You'll have to experience that. You'll, you'll, you'll have to experience that for yourself. Um, but I don't, how that relates to Jesse Quick, I forgot. But yeah. yeah. Um, so that was, uh, that was that. Yeah, she was just like there for me. Yeah. I mean. Nothing against the actress or anything like that. Violet but Bean. Violet Bean? Which is, a, which is a, a great name. Violet Bean. Sounds like, a, oh, sounds like something like I could get at a Starbucks. Does I, hey I'd order her at a Starbucks. I mean she wasn't she wasn't custom she's built a, for me the, a, the way that Patty Spivet was. She's a human, but I'll take not her. a drink. I'll if you're tall you'd be a tall glass of water. Hello. Hello yes I'd like to have one uh, grande violet bean uh, soy milk light whipped cream and stirred three times with only one ice cube. This sounds like a very specific order that Justin's has gotten. Have you at. gotten specific orders like that? No, never that specific. Uh, I was gonna say, like Jesus. Then I say, unplug them from the Dallas machine and be like, you know what? You don't deserve this fucking coffee. Although I will have you know, three and a half hours ago, I was a barista. <laughs> anyway, let's move on. Let's. I'm gonna villains like let's talk about Edge as the Adam Smasher for the opening episode. <laughs> He's the only one I really wanted to bring up to you. <laughs> we just want to talk about Edge. Yeah, I mean, the whole time I'm just like, "Oh, this is Edge," and that was really my reaction to Adam Smash. I was like, there was never a point where I wasn't aware that this is Edge. Yeah, and then I would think about, well, what would Christian do on the show? <laughs> That's who, like, he should be on Earth too. He should be Adam Smash. He should be Christian. Because they Christian. were brothers, quote unquote, at one point in storyline. And then what would Matt Hardy do? Oh, wait a minute, no, we don't. We don't. We don't <laughs> We've we seen the bizarre world of what Matt and Jeff Hardy do when they're given a yeah. entertainment vehicle. Recently, but no, um, villains. I mean, we had Grodd, we had King Shark. They were pretty fucking awesome because they yes. don't have any other option other than to be other than to be awesome. Awesome, yes. Um, and I hope we get some more Grodd. Maybe we're getting, we'll, getting, we're we'll getting Gorilla City, Gorilla City, which I'm oh, I'm excited for. Just did a drum roll on his knee. That's like, how uh, it's. It'd be like plan. It'd be like Plan the Apes on a TV show, and it'd just be amazing like that. And, but also, they'll be telepathic, and the more detailed oriented. Because I clearly, I'm more of a DC fan than a Marvel fan. If you haven't gotten to this point, but like. Just the certain minutia and things that rarely are brought up and, like, you think in mainstream be like, maybe, like, we have not gotten a, tw- a Flash movie on the big screen. It would be years, like, if that's successful, it would be years until they get to Grodd. We're getting a Gorilla City in live action and not only Justice League animated shows or anything like that. So I'm excited for that. Um, I agree. Turtle was interesting. Like his backstory was was different, 
and not just like the fact like oh god I'm stuck in Zack Snyder slow motion mode I can't really move this chandelier is coming at me really fast right now and I love the fact that he was kind of considered he was like the the yeti or the great white whale for Cisco, like believing there was somebody out there like that, and they teased that was about, that was cool. That, that and they, that, there was that was like a, an adventure off screen that we hadn't seen that tied back into that. That could be an him, episode right there. Him. It probably was because they do webisodes with with Cisco. But um, I'd like to see the process of naming him too. Just see if we got a master of disguise. Uh, Am I not turtly enough for the turtle club? Turtle, turtle. Story Hell Bernstein! I think we're going a little bit daffy right now. I have to admit. Totally, well, it is pretty late. Yes. It's well past my bedtime. Um, yes. Time rates. Where? Oh, I mean. I love the time rates. Even though they are clearly. Okay, Andrew Kreisberg, who's running the show, is a huge. Unapologetically, a huge Doctor Who fan. It obviously plays on Legend of Tomorrow, and there was a similar situation in Doctor Who episode, and when the Ninth Doctor dealt with, he changed something of the past, and creatures came to rectify that in the very similar fashion. They were in like they were winging cre- creatures on Doctor Who, but it was same concept. And I'm like, holy shit, you are unapologetically ripping off Doctor Who right now, and I love it. If it works, it works. It works for me. I haven't seen Doctor Who, but I mean. They look at Legends Tomorrow, like the Time Masters, the Time Well, Lords. yeah, th- that's that's pretty blatant. That even I would be aware that that, yeah. And then you cast a guy who's on Doctor Who as Rip Hunter. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, he just, I mean, he. I didn't even know. He just looks like someone who would be on Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. Well, he speaks with a British accent, so there's a giveaway. I'm Rip Hunter from East London and the future. Still say his best performance is Rip Hunter right there. Anyway, moving on. Your emotions throughout this season. So, how did I describe it earlier? When, like, off the Just podcast? Keep, like, it's, it was like... It was, it was like reaching a fever pitch. Like, I started off, This is incredible! And then at the end, it was like... Yes. Like, I, that, that is, like, how... When I think about the show, that is how I feel. I love the show. I love all the characters on the show. I love the story on the show. I love the, the look and feel of the show. I love the music. I love everything. The way it's and it built the way it looks. Great escalation. The way it feels. The way it peaks and valleys and different things. And the only thing that's missing is John Denver. Yeah, that's the only thing that I would want. You know, we're, and we're getting so much. We're getting Flashpoint on the television show. On the, on the well, yeah, I would hope so. It'd be kind of. Bass backwards to have Flashpoint without the flash. Imagine if they were doing Flashpoint and instead they did that like that cop drama show that um, the Pink Ranger used to be on. <laughs> Season 3 just turns into a cop show. <laughs> that was called Flashpoint. What a what a swerve. Wow. <laughs> swerve. <laughs> Your emotional... <laughs> now this is going to be difficult to translate because we're not a video podcast. But my my emotions can only be displayed in this picture format. <laughs> Shocked Patrick Starr. <laughs> it was wonderful. It was it was terrific. I want to say I enjoyed it just as much as the first season. Um I I think because a lot of it was the same as the first season, 
with little um, nuances. Nuances on that. I think the villain was definitely better in the first season. Yes. Um, but I mean, ev- everyone else was just as good as they were in season one. Um, and there, there seemed to be a really good identity about the show. Um, I, I, I think that's true in season one, two. This show has never strayed. It, it's never not known what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, the first couple of episodes in season one were just sort of introducing you to the character, but it was still setting everything up for the broader season arc. Mm-hmm. I felt... Literally, a greater sky that opened up. It's it's a metaphor thing, type. No, no, don't do, don't do. <laughs> And season two, season two. You want to magic? <laughs> I made this pencil disappear. Ta-da! It's gone. gone. And I think season two, it never wavered in. The, the confidence of where it was going. It, it seemed like there was always a rhyme and reason for everything. Even even the stuff to set up Legends of Tomorrow was done to set up Cisco and Vibe. Yes. I saw the, the way they did that. It, it even served a purpose within its, within its own show. Um, so I, I think that's the, the one thing I like about this show is that it's consistent. Mm-hmm. It never fails to deliver and you always, you've become, you, you, you started to expect great things. And I kind of worry that we're setting ourselves up like what happened with the, with, with Arrow, where like the first, I, I'm just... I just have to say it because yeah, you just have to be wary about these things. Like, what is their limit? I know. I mean, how far can they push this? Right. And in all honesty, I think you guys were saying the same thing at the end of season one. Like, it was so perfect. How could it be this perfect again? And that it delivered with and just as good of a second season. Um. So I think I'm more confident that we're going to see, you know, a, a very good season three. Um, and I think the reason that is, is this show really doesn't suffer from the identity crises that Arrow has. Mm-hmm. Where it loses itself and am I... Am I a superhero show or am I a teen drama? This one is just seems to know that it's a fun, loving, lighthearted superhero show that also has, you know, really gripping drama. Mm-hmm. And I agree with the fact that, like, it was perfect es- escalation as the season built until the end. My only problem is, is because maybe because I have such an emotional resonance with the season one finale, the season two finale could not live up to oh, yeah. my hype. 
However, it did leave me with a different emotion, and that was dumbstruck with the decision that Barry, Barry does, that he goes back and fucks the timeline up worse than giving get letting the almanac get into Biff's hands. I mean, I mean, like, you and I are watching it, and the show ends, and we're just like, Jesus, Barry, what did you do? Why did you do that? I mean, it's like, if anybody's seen Goodfellas, like, at the end of the movie, like, Ray Liotta's, like, wife is, like, flushed down the cocaine that the cops are looking for, and, like, that's the only money they had, and, like, Ray Liotta freaks out, like, Karen, that's all the money we had! Why would you do that? It's one of those moments where you want to scream, why would you do that? Why did you do that? It's obviously going to play into season three with the Flashpoint Paradox and everything like that. Um... I felt the villain was not as strong as the sec as the first season, because but he had his moments earlier on, and hopefully I'm hoping that we don't get our we don't hype ourselves up to the point where season three is a disappointment. Like because we loved Daredevil season one, season two it was kind of a mixed bag because the half of the season was great with the Punisher and the second half with the Hand. Well, listen, was mishandled. The Hand just completely smothered. You know, thumbs down for that. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I lost the grip with it. I, I'll, I'll pinky promise I'll never make this joke again. And, Middle finger. Uh, and so it, it leaves you a little bit like, all right, will we like? I mean, it's like we saw the Dark Knight, fantastic movie. Dark Knight Rises. There was a potential of it being a disappointment to some. It was. We enjoyed it. We saw it. I loved it. Yeah, I saw, saw it four it. times in theaters. I saw it five times in theaters. I mean... Oh, excuse me. Last time was free, so... That's true. Yeah. That was, yeah, that was sweet. Yeah, that's where you go. And... So... <laughs> I just remember that was the night Larry ended up in the hospital. Yes, it was! And, well, that, and that's funny? Well, well, Larry and Payne is kind of funny because we're we're horrible people like that. We'll explain okay. we'll explain why. We'll explain later. <laughs> like Doctor Who, we'll explain later. Um, so yeah, uh, favorite moments and least favorite moments. Every moment was my favorite moment. No, um, like so, Madame Gal. Oh fuck, Madame Gal. <laughs> fuck, I hate her worse than Felicity. Fuck, fuck, <laughs> fuck yes. her. Yes. Okay, yes. I hate Madame Gal. What are we talking about? Favorite moments, the least favorite moments of season two. Fuck Madame Gal. Um, you know, the thing with this show is that I have so many moments that I could say because every time I watch this show, it becomes my favorite show all over again. Um, which is something that whenever I'm watching my favorite blank, like whenever I watch Back to the Future movies, it becomes my favorite movie series over and over again every time I watch it. Whenever I watch Seinfeld, it becomes, you know, my favorite my favorite show all over again. Um, the Flash becomes my favorite superhero show over again because of all these different little things that just happened throughout the series. And a lot of that stuff this season was the Earth 2 stuff. The first episode they went to Earth 2. I was just, oh my, oh, what did, vertical TVs, vertical, <laughs> vertical TV, that was, that was a big thing for me, I was like, I love that little detail, and I got so hung up on it, I didn't see anyone else talking about it, no one's talking about it on podcasts, no one's talking about it on Reddit, I was just, vertical TVs, what are you doing, but then there was so much more, so, <laughs> so, the way, the way you're looking, 
The way you're looking at me. <laughs> I think we've all lost it a little bit. The way you're looking at me right now is very funny. <laughs> oh my. But yeah. I'll stop, I'll stop, I'll stop. I'll, you can collect yourself, my, Justin. Wait, wait, I wasn't done. I wasn't done here. On the vertical TVs. The vertical yeah. TVs. By George Lafleur. Oh my! Oh no! 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 <laughs> Sneaking in the club. <laughs> but um, make notes there. Vertical T. <laughs> Aside, oh. like you mentioned earlier in the podcast. <laughs> like you mentioned earlier, the first time that when when Zoom drags Barry all over Central City and fucking like holds him up and that whole. Oh my god, that that was the greatest introduction possible. Like you said, he peaked right there, but what a peak it was. It was it was incredible. It was like the peak of the mountain that I would be listening to John Denver on. Um It was sensational. It was great television and then after that I was like, Wow, what a season we are in store for. I and just so many moments, but that was one that jumped out to me. That and and the vertical teams. Well what about your negatives? Is there any negatives? No. Um, I would really have to think about that because I, I just love every, it's the thing where like, I can be objective, but also at the same time, every second I'm watching the show, I'm just completely loving it. Um, so I can't really think of anything that's a glaring to me. Um, I don't say I would, I really have any big things that really bothered me. You know, I think the negative was, um... The backstory of Hunter Zolomon, that was something I was kind of like, and then when they tried to shoehorn that into how they just give Jay Garrick the helmet at the end of the season, he's like, oh, well, this looks cool, just make it part of my costume now. I was kind of like, no, I want you to have had that all along, you know, make that part of your actual history. That was, there's little things like that that were kind of like, they were trying to shoehorn them in that I felt like didn't didn't completely work, and the, the Jay and Caitlin relationship you know, things with that. But other than that, I mean, they give me vertical TV, so what the hell am I to complain about? Mm-hmm. I think my favorite moment of this uh, of this past season, I think it was the second to last episode. Um, it might have been third to last. I forget which one. It's the one where um, Barry is like in... The Speed, Speed Force. Force. The Runaway Dinosaur. And when I watched I remember texting you, Tim, about it. It reminded me of the Doctor Who episode this past season where it's just Peter Capaldi in their version of, um, uh, of like a purgatory. Yeah. And that's what this episode reminded me of um, because... Barry has just... Was this after they killed his father? Before. Before, yes, that's right. Right, that was the second to last episode. Yes. Yeah. Um, but the only way he can get back to the real world is if he makes good with his demons from... 
in this ethereal type place. Mm -hmm. And the last one that he has to deal with is his mother. Mm -hmm. And I think... it's Peter Pan Shadow. Yes. (laughs) And I think the more I, I, I look back at that episode and how it ties in with the final scene in the season, the more I accept what happened uh, at the end of the season where he confesses, I still, even though I let myself, sorry, Chris, I let myself, you know, not save you, I still regret it and I still think I should have done something more. And the way he deals with that at the end of the next episode is really well done. And it also very subtly introduces his strategy for what really is a really stupid race around a hamster wheel. But it, it, it gives you that small hint that, like, the, the Speed Force hates uh, Zoom and Barry knows this. No one else really knows it. And, like, so everyone's telling, no, you idiot. Don't race this guy. Mm-hmm. And But Barry is, like, a step ahead of everyone. Right. And knows what's really up. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because I'm um, reading Justice League of America, like, during the 90s when Grant Morrison was writing it. And Wally West, Aquaman, and uh, Green Lantern get tossed to the ass end of the universe and Fulton pretty much and like these gods like alright we can get you back but you gotta go fast and they put them on pretty much the same device where they strap Green Lantern and Aquaman in like Wally West is gonna have to run around and kind of shock them like shoot them out into space heading back to Earth and I'm like and I'm reading this I'm like it works here it didn't work in the finale for some reason maybe it was just because I didn't care about the villain at that point my favorite moment is, like I said, probably when Zoom is introduced and because that Barry's been so good and he's so powerful at this point, but to see him being manhandled like that and made an example of by everybody that respects him and looks up to him in that city is really... And then thinking that he's going to he's temporarily paralyzed, you're like, oh, jeez, it's almost like like the 60s Batman show ending on a cliffhanger. You're like, how are they going to get out of the situation now? Least favorite moment of this, and also going back to what you're saying, but making the Speed Force physical and having Joe, Iris, and then his mother, and saying, and you could say like like these are non-existent beings being made whole. Like you could have some people crying foul, like we don't want to see that. Like non-religious people or anything like that could have been like, eh, I don't know, I don't like that. But they treated that well. And I think the actress really brought that, especially in that first scene when Joe's sitting there with him in the house in his blues, and he's like, I'm like, we're not really sitting here, are we? Like, no, we're not. And it could have been like, I don't know if I could have bought this or gone along with it, but it worked somehow. If you like that type of thing, you would love Mr. Robot. What, the... Like, the whole... His imagination of the speed force and the way it manifests itself as like Joe and Iris and his mother and his yeah. like 
that's a big concept of Mr. Robot, like mm-hmm. kind of a, a similar thing that uh, is is the whole main thing of the show that I didn't put it together until just now when you guys were talking about it. Mm-hmm. And I just, oh, yeah, that's kind of a similar thing, except obviously completely different tone and completely different show and completely different circumstances. But I, I really like that, too. That was great. That must have been really fun for for the for those actors to be able to play like. You know, it's them, but it's not them. It's the Speed Force. Yeah. And I, I respect that more now what you're saying with, like, and bringing up the illumination of, like, they still regrets not saving his mother. So it makes the decision he has at the finale more believable and such. Um, at least favorite moment, maybe, like, Jesse Quick being kind of like just a foil for Harris Wilson just forcefully creating drama between him leaving to go look for when they need him to stop with his gigantic him. gun with his gigantic gun his baseball hat and his gravelly voice and stuff with like even that. with that you got the giant gun so it's all so it's all a wash yeah but also another favorite moment just seeing Jay Garrick real Jay Garrick put on the helmet and then zip on over to Earth 2 I'm like ah amazing alright my least favorite moment is that Egghead wasn't in this yes <laughs> It wasn't you, excellent. You mentioned Batman 66, so that my egghead senses went off. Desires for Season 3 and feelings on the Flashpoint Paradox coming up. Lots of Harry Potter references. Of course. <laughs> no, uh, I'm, I'm interested to see how long Flashpoint is going to play itself out. Mm-hmm. Will it be something that's, um, I guess, course-corrected by, say, the mid-season break? Or is this going to be like an entire season? And will these affect the other shows and now they're interconnected? I think, well, I think either Stephen Amell or someone else associated with Arrow has said that you might see like a couple of differences in Arrow, but it's not like it's going to completely rewrite. Unfortunately. She may have black hair again, but anyway, like I say, anybody like either read the comic Flashpoint Paradox or see the on and what you watched it. That is a I don't know how they got away with the PG thirteen in that movie. Like it's a really hard. Like at one point, like um, Black Manta grabs one of Wonder Woman's like um, Amazonians by the top of the head and then. Twists his wrist and then snaps her neck, and, and there were Wonder Woman kills like the kids that make up Shazam, and you're like, holy shit! And like Deathstroke is fighting side by side with Lex Luthor, and you're siding with them, and you hope that God they live, and you're like, this is really batshit insane. And then Martha Wayne is the Joker instead, yeah. and, and like she's holding Bruce's, and like the blood like from like runs under her cheeks, and she starts laughing because she starts losing, and forms the Joker smile, and you're like. Up is down, black is white. What am I doing here? I love all- living through the mass hysteria. Sorry, we had to. Get, okay. We had, we had to have a moment. We have several moments throughout this entire podcast of quoting something. Just you, you have moments. You have moments. I can react accordingly. Yeah, you just seemed very taken aback by that. I wasn't expecting that. But no, I, I love. I love that. I love like alternate realities, alternate timelines, alternate worlds. So. This this show was very much it like it 
all of my senses are being stimulated by the show. I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> they got vertical TV. <laughs> is that when Patty is on screen or? Well, that's a, that's a completely that's a completely different thing. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it, there's you know. He turns on the vertical TV for that. <laughs> Turn my TV sideways. <laughs> that's how I plan on watching season three. You're a heavy TV. That's going to be tough to turn that sideways. Oh no, I, I did a little bit of redecorating. You, you, you haven't seen. Uh, well then. You haven't seen you haven't seen the Batcave recently. Um, but yeah, um, I really uh, I forgot what I was going to say. Um, but Flashpoint and alternate timelines. Oh, no, well, things I'm looking forward to. Uh, in addition to all that, I'm really looking forward to see what Tom, Tom Cavanaugh is going to be doing. Of course. Um, and I'm really looking forward to seeing Wally as Kid Flash and the kind of extension of Team Flash and how he works together with Barry. If that's even, you know, maybe they're operating separately. or We don't even know what's going to be happening. We don't know if Jesse has powers. Um there's just so many unanswered questions that I'm just going in with an open mind and I'm ready. I'm ready. The show has gained my trust that I'm ready for whatever they're going to do. And I'm going to go along with it. Whereas other shows, you know, I'm tentative on Legends of Tomorrow. Yeah. I'm, which is Steve Austin's favorite word. If he's, if he's ever mentioned that on his podcast several thousand times, um, or in his book, which he also mentioned that it's his favorite word. Um, did you ever, did you, did you know that? No, I didn't. It's Steve Austin's favorite word. Trepidation. He mentions it a lot. What? And now I'm mentioning it a lot on this podcast. What? Look what you did. Oh my god. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what they're going to do because they've earned my trust. And um, also, another thing I completely forgot about that I really wanted to make mention of. I love the crossover with Supergirl because I also really enjoyed that show. Oh. And I thought tonally, I thought they, they were hand in hand they made for each other um is that on netflix and if so should i catch up on that you should because i loved it it was my second favorite show of the season right behind flash and i believe that the you enjoyed se- it more than daredevil oh yeah oh hell yeah well Su- supergirl is my second favorite superhero show right now well then that's I, lo- I, I love the show listen some other people Check may out constantine that's what I some say. other some other people may um they be oh no, Daredevil's more close. Yeah, fuck you. You know, I I I I don't care about you know. I I judge by how much how much fun I'm having, how much I enjoy it, how much I like the characters, how much I want to watch that show. Every, you know, Daredevil's a different experience because that's something that I just consume in like the course of five minutes. Yeah, you know the entire thing. It's Daredevil's like a cheat meal to me, and these other shows are like my regular diet throughout you know throughout months and and. There, I, I spend more time with the characters this way. Even though Supergirl was a shorter season, I still spent more time over the period of time with Supergirl than I have with Daredevil or Jessica Jones, having just binged them all within, like, 36 hours. So, Supergirl was my, my second favorite show, and I, I really, I wasn't expecting it to be, but it's very tonally similar to The Flash, I find, in a lot of ways. Um... Kara and Barry had great chemistry when they were having the flash uh, the crossover and I think now that Supergirl's on CW I believe they are doing some sort of a marathon um and it'll probably be on demand so you can probably catch it that way as well okay cuz I think that should also mean I'm assuming that they're going to have crossovers within crossovers yeah. crossovers Exception. There's actually going to be 
a big apparently is going to be a big Fortnite crossover with all the shows that Steve, Stephen Amell's talked about. Um, so whatever they're going to do with that, it's like holy shit! Like, oh my god! I'd say to be the writers in that room plotting that out. Like it's like three playing three dimensional chess at that point. That's oh my god! That's like trying to book the G one climax. I just want one scene with Arthur Darvel and John Barrowman on screen together. <laughs> John Barrowman and Tom Cavanaugh meeting. That oh. ooh. Earbrot Thon, Tom Cavanaugh meeting. John meeting. Barrowman. Oh my god. Meeting Eric Bischoff. <laughs> And Eric Bischoff just comes and points at things and, and does the bow. bow. <laughs> oh, oh, God. I wanted to create a flash, and I wanted to create an arrow. And I've created both. Oh, God. Eric Bischoff is, is behind all of this. Power Team is behind it all. <laughs> um, anything else you want to add? To what? I just want to say one thing. God bless America. <laughs> I hope... Um, <laughs> Underrated Biff line from part two. I hope the... I hope the consistency and quality is there. I hope that not only... They don't just execute, elevate like they did for most of the season. Because like, they were very consistent. Keep it up. Don't falter. Do not rest on your laurels or anything like that. Like, oh, we can... And don't kill your laurels either. Uh, of course. And I just hope I'm just curious to see what's happened next, and I can't wait for the next season. Here's a question for you guys: If they had Mirror to, Master, that's the one villain I want to see. That's all. If they had to, if they had to kill off one person on the Flash, who would you want them to kill off? Captain Singh. Major one, like we discussed. <laughs> John Denver. Uh, all right, 20 um, years too late. So not counting, like, Connor Zalman or... Like I guess Jesse. She is kind of the most useless. Not that she's not... Not that she's useless, but comparatively, she's... she's the she can go. Yeah. She can go. Everyone else, non-negotiable. At this point for me. But the biggest shock would probably be Caitlyn. I don't know if that'd be the biggest shock. Cisco would be. Well, obviously the biggest shock would be Barry. Well, yeah, but I'm talking about like they won't do that. Yeah, well, that, that's why it would be a shock to him. Oh, I know that, but they will not. <laughs> See, when it's a shock, that means. <laughs> Jim, we have a surprise. Uh, we have a surprise appearance every every ECW match. Well, it doesn't really negate the fact that it's a fucking surprise that they're expecting it. Paul, so it doesn't matter if I'm a surprised uh, guest or not. Anyway, the only Jim Cornette thing I'll, I'll plug in there. Let's yeah, let's not talk about Jim Cornette. I, I know you're not a fan. I I enjoy his fuck him and his tennis racket. <laughs> I enjoy his enthusiasm for things. Do you also enjoy his racism and homophobia and just general old curmudgeonliness? Racism, I can see it. Homophobia, I've never seen. Oh, so he's a make he's making America great again. No, he's actually quite a liberal person. He oh. cannot stand Trump. Oh, good. Yeah. Anyway, hope hope they not just execute, but elevate. Now, if you want people to follow you on social media, where can they find them? I, I don't want them to. Yeah. I want you to leave me alone. I want to go All up right, into Don the, Fuji. Want to go? 
<laughs> I want to go up into the mountains and listen to John Denver. That's what I want to do. Um, I am on Twitter, but it's kind of a thing where if you know, you don't. Or if you know, you know. If you don't, then yeah, yeah, you're just gonna see me talk about Japanese wrestling. So, I mean, if you're into that, I guess you can inquire. But just leave me alone. I am on. Don't follow me. I am on Twitter. You can follow me at Justin Cirillo. Justin Cirillo. Thank you, Jill Murphy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm either usually. Think Christina used to do it. I don't think so. No. Think, I thought Christina Cole Tudo came up with it. Uh, no, that was Alex. That was, that was uh, <laughs> that was Alex Levy that came up with it, but then she I left. That name forever. And then and then Jill just started doing it for random reasons. When she's like, when she dropped acid. <laughs> Still, I think that is like one of my favorite memories at college. Because it's just me and my roommate, Chase. And our, our my room at college like faced the sidewalk where most of the uh, West Campus walked back when they were going to class. So all of a sudden we just hear like her going... Hi. Hi, guys. I just dropped acid. Like in the middle of a day. Like a rando day. College. Hashtag college. Alright. <laughs> yeah. Where can they find you? At Justin. Oh my god. They found me. I don't know how, but they found me. My father, Marty! What did I just say? Oh my god. Right, so you can follow me at Justin Cirillo. I'm either tweeting about sports or about why Donald Trump is... Ugh, ugh, ugh. Can you spell that for me? Uh, U-G-H-H-H-H U-U-U G-H Ugh. Or I'm coming any closer than that. With your dagle mustache uh, and your greasy hair. What did I say about ethnic slurs? Yeah, it's an oversized hat. It's funny, because uh, it's bigger than a normal hat. Tim? Are you going to wrap up your podcast? No, no, somebody texted me something that a while ago. I was like, I probably should have responded mm. to that. Um, if you want to follow me on Twitter, you can follow me at TimothyBrooney2. Follow me on Instagram, trooney1012, and follow my YouTube page and Facebook page under the same name of Through the Lens Productions, where my latest short film, A Cowardly Lot, is up, where Chris did the music for. I did a fantastic job. Well, thank you. And which he will hopefully be helping me music for my next short film. I surely will. And so, obviously, follow this podcast on soundcloud.com. .com, not .com. I am rather tired right now, so like I'm just falling apart right now. So... Stay tuned for more Geek and Pop Culture podcasts coming at you from this podcast base. I hope everybody's enjoyed this podcast, and thank you guys for being a part of it. Thank you, and thank John Denver. Of course. Good night, Justin. <laughs> Scooby-Doo. Good night, everybody. Anything went. My name is Barry Allen, and I am the fastest man alive. To the outside world, I'm an ordinary forensic scientist. But secretly, with the help of my friends at Star Labs, I fight crime and find other metahumans like me. I hunted down the man who killed my mother, but in doing so, I opened up our world to new threats. And I am the only one fast enough to stop them. 
I am the Flash. 